that sounded good. That one came out really good today. Yeah, that, that was right. a that was a nice launch. A good out, as they would say. So welcome to episode number. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is some ASMR like, shit. Yeah, like, that's, that's Dan just pouring himself a little bit of bourbon. I probably shouldn't have taken that much, but I just like the sound. Just yeah. pouring himself a small splash of bourbon. That sounds yeah. amazing. Just a pint glass full of bourbon. <laughs> hey, John, uh, Mecklefresh, is that bottle empty? Yes, it oh, okay. is. Okay, I was, I was like, either you have something floating in the bottle of your bottle, bottom of your bottle, or that's just the foam. Yeah. It's just the foam. Yeah, right. thank you, though. Check. I want to make sure you didn't like drinking bugs or something. Good looking out. Well, because sometimes <laughs> we have beers that are here for generations. <laughs> I'm well aware of this. <laughs> exactly. The, uh, the, uh, we have what, some Christmas ones from like two years ago. We do have Christmas ones that are really old. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, the, what you're tasting isn't nutmeg. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, it's it's some, just nut. It's some nut, yeah. <laughs> it's extra yeah. nut. The... Uh, so, episode number 323, mm-hmm. um, we're here in the studio, or the motorcycle shop. Uh, you'll notice we've, we've rotated the table, so for all of our viewers, if you feel a little discombobulated, you're now actually pointing southwest. So, your cameras are facing southwest. South by southwest. Yeah, south by southwest. That's, that was good, too. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, no. yeah. yeah. I, that was a Guinness draught stout. I will. <laughs> going off. And the... Uh, What's very funny is now that we are working with better equipment, uh-huh. and aside from the joy of watching Sleepy Scramble <laughs> to set up eight channels of microphone and, and power supplies and three cameras and everything else, which is fucking hilarious, right? But, to, but, but being able to hear everything better, or at least being able to put yourself in the position of the listener, right? because remember... This is what they hear in their headphones if they're dumb enough to listen to this podcast. <laughs> with, not, with headphones. With headphones on, right? Otherwise, yeah. not listening in their car like well, you they, should. They can now. The, Which, the, the sound right. quality is Well, that's the thing. Considerably. I, and, and the reason that I even like, tried to go down this path is because when I was listening for all those years, right. I'd have to ride the fader of my studio. Yeah. So like, mm-hmm. it would be like, I'd be listening, it'd be quiet, I'd be like this, and then people would get drunk and it'd be loud, and I wasn't paying attention. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, like the speakers are rattling mm-hmm. on the wall it was interesting man. nobody gets drunk at this podcast what? no 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 we start with a really high level of quality and maintain it the whole ride through right? whereas the whole thing is it's like the law of balancing so it's like if we can start up here we'll end up at like 12 degrees below subpar whereas if we start at par no it just it just whittles we have we don't have any headroom to give up I'm just, yeah. I'm just happy that we all prepare and stick on topic. That's the important. That's the important thing. That's going to be a hard thing. To as our podcasters, to. now that we're changing our format and now we're launching by giving people the topics we're going to be talking of the day. Every time we do a podcast, we're going to make sure we start the podcast by telling people what the podcast of the day are. Keeping the content the, the, straight. It's going to be the problem. Keeping the content <laughs> is in like letting people know. So squirrel. I'll yeah, pretty so, much be happy if I don't pass out in the McDonald's drive-through tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you call it a win. And be woken by the police. Uh, tonight's podcast topics for people who like to know what we're going to be talking about before we talk about them is we're going to talk about all the new electric motorcycles that are being launched. All I mean, there's and that's a pretty good proportion. That's going to take some time, but we're going to kind of have a concise teardown of all the different electric motorcycles that are being launched right now. That you can some that you can actually buy, which is nice. Uh, then we're also going to talk about uh, advanced. Advancements in existing gasoline motor technology that are going to be, you know, sort of fighting against electricity at this point. And that's going to be good, too. And then we're also going to talk about uh, some uh, motorcycle camping tips as we start getting into summertime. And so those are going to be the, uh, the three topics we'll be hitting throughout the course of tonight's podcast. So uh, <laughs> what we're going to do is we'll start over there and introduce yourself to the camera. 
Johnny McSlashy. <laughs> Camera's over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. And that's that's the disadvantage Good of this evening, particular. Everybody. Now he could have positioned his chair slightly inward. He could have ridden on the back of the road burner yeah. motorcycle, no, I suppose. No. Yeah. You can look at the right. back of my fucking head. There you go. <laughs> Nick out the microphone. It's much better looking than the front. Well, there you go. And then to his left. Hello, everybody. I'm Nick. <laughs> It's right over there. <laughs> you you oh. see the the three the trio of camera robots all working at the same relative angle. Why right? are they all in the same pl- in the same spot? They're not. One's facing that side. One's oh. facing this side. Okay. One's, one's facing the middle. the middle. Panorama. So it literally would be like the podcast viewer is going. Mm. <laughs> and so, for the listeners, didn't realize that I moved my head slightly to the left, center, and right. Nobody's going to be able to see these two past my ten-gallon head. <laughs> <laughs> and then to his left, Oscar, and your humble narrator, Phil Waters, and to my left, Steve Levy, and Dan Kromke, and to his left, Steve Hofford, and to his left, and Chris Smith. I had to say, you know, you guys, way to go! One hundred percent class turnout. Yeah. yeah, that's our, this. I think this might be our first day of perfect attendance. Uh, I'm going on. I'm on day ten of my second COVID shot. So, fuck it. I'm done. That's it. If I die now, <laughs> if I die now, it's a statistical anomaly. Yes. So last night I went out to Noble Beast for the first time in like six months that I've been inside a bar or restaurant. Wow. Because it's two weeks out from my second shot. There you go. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it's one of those things, like, as we start to open things up. How are you feeling today? Awesome. <laughs> it's that the shot. It's the noble beast. Yeah. It's the, yeah. Yeah. Right. I, we went out to a place uh, when I was celebrating my, like, like five days after my second shot or so. We went out with a couple of friends of ours, and it's our first time ever being in a restaurant since we went to the Mexican place, Oof. which was outdoors. And uh, it was our first time being inside a restaurant, and the weather was shitty, which is perfect for it. Mm-hmm. And went in there, and uh, I had two drinks, and I had a big meal. And when it was all said and done, I was like, oh, man, that wasn't as good as I remember it. I really (laughs) fucking wanted it to be better, man. I was like, it's kind of anticlimactic. The conversation was great. The people were wonderful. But, like, the meal was like, oh. That that was a year and a half ago. No, our Mexican Mexican was uh, not a year and a half ago. That was after COVID Mm. because we were wearing masks. When we, oh, we went out on the right. patio. Right, 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 the right, right, patio right, right. was open. There was no restaurant seating indoors. The giant patio that overlooked. <laughs> so this giant patio that overlooks Lake Erie the same way that the halfway house restaurant mm-hmm. overlooks the ocean. Mm-hmm. So it was a very shitty yeah, Ohio right. analog for Mexico. So yeah. Like six months ago. Mm-hmm. That wasn't, I used that picture for Just, Oscar's thing. Yeah. 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 Six months ago or whatever. And we did a pyramid of people, which is kind of a thing that we do. Shout out to our friends in San Diego. Um, So the Baileys and whatnot. So big thing. I mean, the fucking thing in the news that's going to be important for us, obviously, is that it is official. AMA Vintage Days is officially on in all of its radiant splendor. And that means that means racing. Sure. But more importantly to us, it means swap meet. And you can't really have, you know, you can say it's AMA Vintage Days, but if you're not going to have the swap meet, yeah, it's a big chunk of it. And it it takes away the spirit of the hunt and and everything else. So, yeah, it is going to be July 23rd and you can uh, July 23rd through 25th. So Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. Um, We are booking not one, not two, but I'm thinking about doing three booths. 
in the swap meet. So the couple of different approaches at looking at it, one would be to do booths in the swap meet. I still think we need to have our presence in the campsite. So I don't think we want to run our swap meet operation out of the campsite. Uh, I just don't think we're going to sell as much shit for lack of a better term, but I am thinking that we should, uh, that we should have a swap meet presence and then we'll have a camping presence as well. So we'll have two distinctly different uh, teams. Now, don't expect to see us in the swap meet presence. Don't <laughs> expect to be like, well, there's a Cleveland Moto pile of shit. Where's the Cleveland Moto guys? I guess they don't like me. Where's the other Cleveland Moto piles of shit? Exactly. <laughs> so if you're looking for walking, standing, breathing, drinking piles of shit, we'll be in the campsite. If you're looking for the static shit that we're selling, that will be in the swap meet. And so I think that's going to be our plan of attack this year. Because I know the one year we sold every fucking CT70 or Trail 70 we brought. We sold every Trail 70 we brought and some we didn't intend to sell out of the campsite. So yay for us. But I think that what we're going to be doing this year is going to be probably partying more in the campsite and then just kind of having all the shit visible and aware to us I like his his armpit was actually yeah, in the microphone he's like doing his best to be quiet meanwhile it's literally it's the like, sound it's, it's like it's like this, the fumes this is the sound of an old hippie's armpit it's like hey man why you gotta come down to me so hard okay not everyone likes to shower okay the uh the, Not uh, going to conform to your fucking soap, man. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the deal, AMA Vintage Days. Uh, if you're not aware of it, you should be. Um, we can't. I'm not making any promises. I don't know how it's going to be. Is it going to be apeshit crazy? Is it going to be the cheapest motorcycles you've ever seen? Is it going to be more of COVID madness of like, fuck it, people got stimmy checks. I'm going to price my shit to the moon, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I don't know. I can't, I can't predict what people are going to do about it, but... I know I'll be there for fuck's sake. I got two years of shit to sell. I mean, I got all kinds of stuff that didn't go to AMA Vintage Days last year. So I'm gonna try yeah. to I'm gonna try to set a record on an SSR one twenty five for the most amount of miles that you can possibly put on a bike <laughs> in the course yes! of four days. Well, and that's true because all of us at this table, we have only lived with our SSRs on a three acre plot of property. Right. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So when we have twenty three thousand acres it's going to be a little bit of a different game. You're going to be yeah. like, I think I need a reserve tank. I wonder what fourth gear is like. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mid-Ohio. So we're really looking forward to it. And then we've been kind of, uh, here at the shop, we've been acquiring some Chinese bikes. And so those Chinese bikes are going to be, you know, on Sunday, I'm going to move my warehouse uh, from one part of the building to another part of the building. And we're going to do triage and we're going to pull all the bikes that need to go to mid Ohio and we're going to put them over in one area so we can start giving some time to those bikes to make sure that they're running and ready. Because if you guys were there, not last year, of course, there wasn't one, but the year before the Malaguti Phantom, no, the Malaguti WAP. Yeah. Yeah, the, the WAP. The wet ass pussy. Yep. The, the Malaguti F10 wet ass, wet ass pussy was the hero. I mean, that bike was like a one-kick wonder. And then by Saturday afternoon, it was like the electric star had come back to life and had born again hard. And I pulled I pulled 750cc motorcycles with an Italian 49cc moped scooter, mm. you know? And I was like, I love that bike. And so that bike is definitely going to mid-Ohio this year. And the price went up because that <laughs> son of a bitch is a good little bike. Yeah. And it's sexy, too. So a uh, good Italian design. 
So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm fucking excited and I'm not going to do the giant fucking RV guys. Um, hate to say it. It was fun, but yeah, I want to go fucking jungle style. I, I'm fully expecting. Yeah. I'm going to bring a small van or a van that will be doubling as a camper mm-hmm. in only the most vagrant of definitions. And yeah, we're going to be like, yeah, it's going to be primitive. I thought about something yeah. we, like John, you're the king of, uh, of gas generators laying around, right? Mm-hmm. We got to bring a couple of those and then find an old window AC unit and then just get like a 10 by with walls on it and have an AC area. Oh, because yeah. that would be nice. Oh. That's the one thing that like the RV was like whatever, but like the air conditioning was like, yeah. I mean, that was, you mean to literally have a refrigeration unit? Yeah. Well, if I can get Kromke's trailer going, Kromke's trailer has a rooftop AC. So if I can get that going, the downside is, of course, you have to plug it into something, which generally means you've got to have a a generator running. And part of the thing about generators is, you know, they got to run. And, you know, I love hanging out with you guys, and that's great. But what I don't like is the soundtrack of, ah, yeah, yeah. It's like, ah, man. Those one people that were camped next to us had a fucking pop-up, like a rented pop-up. If you guys know what a pop-up camper is, it's yeah. it's like a low trailer until you open the top up, and then the sides are canvas, right? And they had an air conditioner in it. It's like trying to air conditioner a fucking cloth bag. <laughs> and so they had an air conditioner in the fucking pop-up, and then they had a 5K generator or 3K generator outside, and they were like off downtown somewhere, and this fucking generator's just sitting there, just burning gas. And I don't know, man, that's pretty fucking annoying. When it's well, 10 o'clock at night and it's 58 degrees out and that fucking generator is still running well, in AC. You that's know? the thing. When, During the day, it's a kind of exciting year. It's yeah. okay. But at right. night, yeah, that's just rude, man. Yeah. So When's uh, Zero going to come out with their generator? It already did. I got fucking 11 of them parked right here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You do know plugs go both ways, right? <laughs> Anything that's a battery gazinda is technically also a battery yeah. gazout of. <laughs> the only generator I have, the generator in my RV, but yeah. it's having problems. But- right. If that worked and operated, it's yeah. an Onan twin yeah. cylinder, eighteen hundred RPM. When they're running, yeah. they're like the, the yeah. RV where it's not. Wah, yeah. It's just yeah, that's the whole game. You so, just hear a low rumble. and yeah. it's making four thousand. And miles. I mean, is the biggest thing for me is I can usually acclimatize. I can usually acclimatize to just shade. I'm I'm just a fucking animal. I'm just a you give know, me a. A table to crawl under and, <laughs> and some and some ice on my tummy. I'm fine. John will be the first one to tell you that the pop up is a good place to get shade, but getting under one of these white tables in the pop up is like 700 FP, SPF. <laughs> so I was so overheated the one year. I was like, I just need like the coolest place possible. I'm like, I'm under that table under the hut. And he like, was like some weird. The cool yeah, he was like some weird lizard that was like <laughs> he just stopped being a human and his brain was like, I need to find the coldest place that I can crawl to. And he just Pull kept my getting shirt up and lay it on the he got, ground. He just kept getting lower and lower and lower. And I was like, Oh shit, he's, he's actually moving under the table. And he went under the table, under the pop-up. And I was like, and I did check. It was definitely cooler under the table. Cause a pop-up only blocks so much of the sun. Oh, he right. still radiates heat. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so you were under the, under the table, under the pop-up and that's like the people that were under the bus two years ago. It was fucking cold as shit oh, under right. the bus. 
because the grass was all nice and dewy from the morning. It was nice under the bus. So. He was waiting for dropped crumbs. <laughs> <laughs> it's the carp theory. It's like, oh, these guys will drop something sooner or later. So, yeah, I'm super excited about it. I was it. like Hunter Biden going through the carpet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my God. So, I mean, that's... Uh, it, I, I'm absolutely convinced that AMA Motors... AMA Vintage Days. Now, here's a factual statement. If you've never been to Vintage Days, anything that's epic, like Burning Man or, or South by Southwest or, or whatever the fuck it is, if you go this year, you'll have to go again next year because this year is not going to be 100%. Right. So you have to go this year anticipating that, oh, this is what these guys were talking about? Go ahead, John. Or it could be 200%. That's what I'm thinking. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. I, it's hard to say. Yeah, I think that I think that all of our fucking our phonometers. I think the people that are there are yeah. going to be 200%. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's Will put it this way. Will there be 100% of 200 percenters? I'm going to go get a third COVID shot two <laughs> weeks before AMA finish days. You might want to throw some other shots in there. <laughs> <laughs> Let me put it this way. I don't know if you guys saw this article, but every year these this one-off road crew in Arizona has like a tiny little picnic. And it's usually like 30 to 50 people, and it's no big deal, whatever. This year, 5,000 people showed up and, like, raged. And, like, trucks overturned, and people went crazy. Oh and then the park rangers were like, there's no per- – what is going on? And there's 5,000 fucking off-road right. vehicles jumping over each other. And it's because people wanted to get the fuck out and do stuff. Yeah, that's man. what I'm guessing. There's going to be a way more – maybe not way more, but yeah. they're going to be like, oh. we got to figure out a way to get in a day early. We are. And, oh, yeah. We did. Okay. No, no. Yeah. Two I mean, days early. Yeah. Well, I'm down. Let's get there Monday. <laughs> <laughs> so what you have to do is you have to get in there and tell them you're there to um, place the shitters. Yeah, right. Yeah. You got to tell them you're there to spot the shitters. And you're like, yeah, we're here to spot the shitters. Ooh, and then, what about the uh, press passes? Like so the, the press day. passes don't help you. They get you in on Thursday, yep. which doesn't, which is great and all. Don't get me wrong. But as vendors, we get there Ew. on Thursday. So That's vendors the get there Thursday as well. Yeah. So, you know, yes, you, you should. Every member of this podcast, since we will be podcasting there, every member of this podcast should absolutely obtain press credentials. Yep. And, and and get there Wednesday at 5 p.m. when they open the gates. I think that's Thursday at 5 a.m. or Thursday at 7 a.m., I, I think believe. I, I, think, I think the one year I, I hung out by the gate at 8 o'clock, they were like, yeah, just go ahead, go ahead and set up so the So what we did last year, <laughs> last year, year before, we got in there Wednesday night with one of the staff members. And we got there th- Wednesday night with a staff member so we could spot where to put that ridiculous trailer we had, oh, yeah. that ridiculous right. camper. So we got there on Wednesday, but that was with special permission of the venue and special permission the of the AMA organizers so that we could do that. And I can assure you, there was nobody else there. So the only people that have access to that spot Wednesday night are where we camped. I don't know if you guys remember where we camped the monster truck Mm -hmm. was in AMA, no, strike that, Mid-Ohio Race Car Course staff camping area. So there are people that actually live all summer long in campers on that piece of property where we were. And all the campers Mm -hmm. around us were not people just there to see the AMA Vintage Days. They were people that work at the race car track. Because as much as we think we like motorcycles, there are people that like car racing more. And so much that they're willing to work at that facility and live in campers 
to call that a job. Again, it's like being a stationary carny, but game on, right? You know, I hope I really I, I respect your love of motorsport. So there, you know, anytime you think you do something to here, there's always somebody way higher than that. Well, that's a great way to beat taxes. No, no address, no, no fixed nothing, address, no fixed Ooh. address. All you, you know, like people are doing it. Yeah, hey, and and based on this, I mean, I think the whole our whole world, our whole American economy, has shifted to the point where the whole idea of working from your home. That's not just a fun thing you do when you're like, you know, otherwise endeavored. No, this is like people work from their home. It's part of their fucking job. Like, you know, our country's going to be forever changed. If somebody's like, oh, well, you know, I work for whatever company, but I work for my house. Nobody's going to be like, yeah, sure you do. No, it's fucking that. It's how we, it's how we live now, man. So, you know, like, okay, great. So what was the list of electric motorcycles? We're going to get to that in just a minute. Okay. Um, so we did get, I did want to give you guys, so Ben Big, um, Ben Big is a fucking hero of podcast listeners. I mean, this guy has continued to give us content. I mean, legitimately <laughs> yeah. giving us content all the fucking time. Okay. And he has been nailing it with, uh, uh, so I don't know if you know this, but right now, three wheels, like three wheels always has been a fucking fetish. I love sidecars. I love sidecars. I love going out and riding a sidecar. I think sidecars are cool as fuck. A sidecar is one of the coolest accessories that you can put onto a cool motorcycle. Sidecars are pretty bitchin'. But I have never liked motorcycles that came from the factory with three wheels. I just have, I've always been like, okay, take one of those wheels off and now you got something. But anything that's ever come with three wheels, and you guys know I am fucking no fan of the Piaggio MP3. It, if three wheels made it better, Valentino Rossi would be going around the racetrack on three wheels. So until Valentino Rossi has three wheels on his motorcycle, two must be better than three. Well, period. The, I think the rule is that uh, two wheels must be on the same plane. Yeah, fair enough. Right on. Sure. But if you have a, a, a three-wheeled vehicle right. that doesn't have that... Yeah. Then you're not anything. So, you know, Yamaha brought out the Nikon or, or Nikon, the, the two oh, swords, right? Yeah. That's what I was the thinking Nikon, right? you were talking about. Oh, that's what everyone's thinking about. And for the past five years, that's all a certain group of weird fucking touched by an angel fucking triophile or whatever the fuck we're going to call these people. But I mean, my life is fucking cursed by people every single day calling this shop going, um, you guys got those, uh, you got those bikes with the two wheels in the front? And, and a gag ball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's so, it. Yamaha built one of these, and it it's is. The Yamaha Nikon. It is the Yamaha Nikon, and right. it's Yamaha. Right. They race bikes. They do yeah. all kinds. Mm -hmm. So this thing should be the epitome of perfection. It should be the height of that technology. It's, it certainly looks like it when you look at it. How could it be better? So where's all the stories of these guys blowing people away? And right. Like the amazing thing that they've been doing right. on the tail of the dragon on yep. these things and stuff yep. like that. I've rode, I've There's ridden none one. of that. Yeah, I'll, be the happy, I'll be the first one to tell you. If you have ever ridden a Piaggio MP3. And I have. Which comes in your flavor of 250 cc, 400 cc's or 500 cc's. Now the Nikon is exactly two and a half times as much power as the Piaggio 500 MP3. It has the same vague, like, it tells you the road feel like this. Hey, remember that time in 86 when we <laughs> went on that curvy road? This feels like that. Do you remember that? Because that's the way it transmits road data to you. If you said, 
like, okay, BMW did the telelever front suspension, which is a marvel of engineering in so much that your fork tubes don't actually connect to your handlebars. If you look, they look like they go all the way up. But if you look underneath them, there's a little air gap, right? Just to prove that there's something else happening in there. And the idea is it was to get rid of stiction on the fork legs. So your fork seals and springs and everything, when they're not brand new anymore, they have stiction and they don't go up and down perfectly. So there's some resistance. Harley Davidson had a unique approach to getting rid of stiction too in like 1843. They created the Springer. Okay. So that's going to say rigid. <laughs> right. So the Springer over there, the Springer is no stiction, right? Because it doesn't have fork legs and the fork legs don't have seals on them and they don't function that way. So the dampener doesn't get involved until it's like kind of at the end of its travel. Now, the problem with the telelever system on the fucking BMWs is that when you're riding a BMW and you're riding it aggressively, you don't get really good feedback of what you're feeling under the front tire. Now, multiply that by two, okay? And then instead of having the front wheel, like I want to know if I'm going on a road, what do I do? I pick the best line on the road. I see the little pothole there. I see the big pothole there. I see the broken beer bottle there, right? And then I see the dead cell phone there because I'm driving in Cleveland. And then I make my front wheel go through the, the good spot. A little bit of tumbleweave. Yeah. You don't want to slip on that. Yes. About say, right. yeah. Maybe a fake nail or two, yeah. right? So <laughs> my whole thing is I'm going to put my front wheel on the best line. Yeah. No, you're not. Not in a three-wheel, you're not. Nope. Fuck no, dude. You're going to pick which wheel you're going to sacrifice to the hole. And the thing is, it's going to be one because now you've got two wheels that are, you know, the front wheels are maybe 18 to 24 inches apart. Mm -hmm. And then the back one splits the difference. Okay, that's weird. So the bike is taking three different paths. Has anybody ever ridden a motorcycle in the rain? All right, cool. What does the front motorcycle tire do when you're riding in the rain? Clears water. Exactly. It's designed and engineered to be a pump that pushes water out of the way so that your back tire does what? It doesn't hydroplane or aquaplane if you're from England. Okay. So the front motorcycle tire is genius because... No matter how heavy the rain's coming down, your front wheel is literally pumping the water out of the way so your back tire isn't going through a half an inch of water. The technical term is splooshing. Splooshing. <laughs> splashing. Sploosh. Yeah. Splooshing. Mixed splooshing. Is, is that when we pay a lot of money so we can watch Fresh sit on a cake? No, <laughs> no. No, I thought, I thought it was that thing with the alien thing that pops an egg out of the end of it. That's splorching. Splorching. Okay, sorry. Oh, sorry. Okay. oh, that's the ovipositor. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Don't Google that. Don't Google, yeah, don't Google, Google that. that. No. Don't Google ovipositor. Trust me. That is a bad night. Uh-huh. But you can Google Roxy Delight from Theater Bazaar sitting on a cake. And yes. that is good entertainment. Yes, cake is. Fart, cakefarts.com. That's a whole website. Oh, I'd rather watch Roxy do it. But anyway, yeah. I'm just I'm I'm biased that way. Anywho, back to my original thing. My thing, my review of the MP3 from yeah. riding and everything is it never had a top center. So no. like on a motorcycle, when you're going straight, right. you kind of kind of wants to go straight. Absolutely. On the MP3, it was always weavy. It like never had a top. Like it never. Was it never stable. goes straight. It, you're always correcting it. It was always huh. yep. never filling. It was always just weavy. And here's and the truth. The, and then the turn in on it yeah. was like you always wanted to low side it. Yep. I mean, mm. it it just always wanted to. You it was kind of fun. It felt yeah. like you were like whoa. I'm getting oh yeah. Fun. But you weren't making a real tight turn, and you were getting way over. 
And mm. this is the trick is every time I've ever ridden with anybody who rides MP3s a lot. And again, we talked about this in the dark side conversion thing. Mm-hmm. We talked about this mm-hmm. in dark side. People who run dark side will tell you it's the best thing they've ever done. Okay. People have also told me that about heroin. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm almost positive they're wrong, but I'm not going to run it to find out. Okay. So I'm not going to find out whether or not heroin's the best thing I've ever done because you know what? Fuck it. Because maybe you're just not doing enough. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing more. is I would always hear these people talking about, I don't know, dude, I can lean over that MP3 way further than I could lean over my old bike. And how many of the accidents that came through and were ride, on low side? Exactly. And then I ride with these people and I realize these motherfuckers couldn't, I could outride these guys on a buddy. I could outride these guys on a fucking whizzer. They're not making a good turn, but they're leaned over like a motherfucker to make like a Fred Flintstone turn. It was almost like you didn't really have to. No. You could be leaned any no. way you wanted right. and still turn, but you had a tendency to really lean in. Well, my friend, let me tell you a little thing. leaning technically really wasn't doing anything. No. I mean, I can lean the wrong way and go turn the other way. But here's the weird thing, guys. You know what roads in America all have in common? A crown. Yeah. Here's a problem. If your motorcycle is set up on the the, geomic, the geometric principle of a triangle, what happens when you make any one of the legs on a triangle shorter than the other one? Pulls you get to a, that side. You get a totally different kind of triangle. And then it starts to go that way. And that's what I discovered is riding a motorcycle in the snow, which I did, you know, in the MP3, in a two-wheeled motorcycle, I could hold the bike straight up in a line and I could ride the bike on the line in the snow and let the tires do their job. My front tire cleaned a path for the back tire, and I went straight down the road, normal freeway, crowned road. On the MP3, the son of a bitch kept sliding towards the ditch. Mm -hmm. Because I wasn't clearing a path for my back tire, all three wheels were hitting virgin snow at the same time, and the weight of the bike, there was nothing keeping it straight. So I kept having to fight the bike out of the ditch. That's not not confidence-inspiring. So, again... I rode the the Nikon, and I was not impressed with it. I got I didn't get off the bike going, oh yeah, I can corner that better than I can quarter anything else. No, fuck no. And the other problem is, take whatever motorcycle you ride right now, and put sixty pounds of weight on the handlebars. Mm-hmm. That's what these bikes feel like. So if you take any motorcycle and put sixty pounds of weight on the handlebars, it feels like shit. Well, all the things that make these three wheeled vehicles do what they're doing is an extra set of everything. On the front end. Doesn't feel great. What, so, what was the... Phil, you might know with the MP3, what was the initial benefit that, that the Piaggio designers decided was the MP3 was a solution for? What, at least their marketing Well, it actually comes down to two... It comes down to really two, two important principles. Mm-hmm. We can. Yeah. And <laughs> I'll bet people will buy it. And do you think that's the same as Yamaha? Yes, and to give you an idea, the um, the only people that have been buying the fuck out of MP3s, most of the MP3s in the world are sold in one company, one country in particular. Would anyone like to guess what country they are sold in? Brazil, Lithuania. Anyone else? China, France, wow. oh, Paris course. in particular. Huh? Right? Because they missed the twenty-one D or DS twenty-one. steering wheels that have only one spoke right um ds like literally the french have a very unique approach to everything travel in general right as a whole mechana exactly right so 
that's kind of the way that I feel about it. It's like the French do appreciate how weird and quirky it is. I can tell you it does not hold itself up any better. Having three contact patches doesn't make life any better unless you increase the weight of the vehicle by the equal percentage because friction is the amount of pounds per square inch you put on your footprint, you know? And so having 18 wheels under a 400 pound motorcycle or a 500 pound motorcycle isn't going to make the bike have more traction because you're dividing that traction package up over 18 wheels. Um, the last, well, now it's the last international motorcycle show in Cleveland, I guess, when we were all there a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the Nikon was there, and I, mm-hmm. I remember we were looking at something else, but it was behind me. Yeah. And the poor dude from Yamaha that was there, about every 14 seconds, somebody asked him if that it would hold itself up. It stops like yes. and stuff, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So has that been your experience with the MP3? Do people come in just expecting it to sit there like So they do. Right. So, so the MP3 has a button. Uh, we call it the stupid button. And the stupid button really was put on the bike so that when you park the bike, you could press the button and had a little uh, one quarter of a brake rotor there. It had one quarter of a brake rotor and actually has a little hydraulic caliper on there Hmm. that locks on a moon shaped uh, quarter of a caliper. Oh, interesting. And it locks to keep the bike from falling over left and right. At zero miles per hour. At zero. Well, technically less than one mile per hour. All right. So the idea is you, you do that so you can get off the bike and stuff and do things without the bike falling over. And what Americans have figured out, because Americans are so fucking lazy, Americans figured out that if you timed it just right, as you were approaching the red light and you got to a certain speed, that you could wait for the little yellow light to turn on that would say that you are now going at such a low velocity that it would be safe to engage your parking, your stability lock. So you're like creeping down. And before you put your foot down, like when your brain is telling you to put your foot down, you're like, no, press the button. So you press the button and it doesn't work instantly. It takes a second to think about it and evaluates the situation, barometric pressure, wind speed, weight of the rider, et cetera. And it goes, okay. And then it locks. Now, if you do it right, you look fucking cool because you never put your feet down. You pull up to the light and you're just like, I'm about to stop right beep now. And you don't put your feet down and that looks sexy. And then when you hit the gas to go, it unlocks it because this bike can't go two feet. With the wheels locked, the son of a bitch will fall over because the wheels aren't like a Can-Am. They're not six feet apart. They're, Mm -hmm. you know, 18 inches apart. So, in fact, in many states, because those wheels are less than 20 inches apart, it is classified as a two-wheeler, even though it has three wheels. So all these people are like, well, I don't need to get my motorcycle license because it's not a motorcycle. It has three wheels. So I will go take the trike test. Well, the trike test, of course, is a trike test. It's not a motorcycle test. So if you take the trike test, that ain't a motorcycle. It's like, you know, trike test is like parallel parking a bag of groceries or something. But <laughs> it's like you show your AR, you show your ARP card and you pass the trike test. So that's it. But the but Steve so, has an ARP card. I don't. But they're trying. You got your AARP. No, I I misspoke. That was AAA, not AARP. <laughs> <laughs> it's the American I, I, Automobile Association of Retired Persons. No. <laughs> Okay, triple RP, triple RP. So he's that old. So, but here's the trick with these three wheeled vehicles: is with that MP3, like when you gun it, it just goes and it unlocks, so you can land and you can launch without ever putting your feet down. Now, let me tell you how that works when you've had three beers. So, when you've had three beers, you pull up to the red light and you think I'm going to be cool and I'm going to hit the button right now. Well, what's happened is you've already started falling over. (laughs) So the bike's already started falling over when it locks. So you're at 30 degree list to, to port and it locks Beep. and you're like, oh, fuck. 
<laughs> the heaviest motorcycle in my showroom. The heaviest motorcycle in my showroom is now listing 30 degrees hard to starboard. <laughs> the band's playing. Yep. And the deck car- the deck chairs are just sliding across the side. Well, so the deck meat has to go to the other side. That's right. So, so now what happens is you're sitting there and you're holding the bike up. You've put your foot down now because you are fucked. Now, one of two things is going to happen. You're going to press the release button, in which case all of the weight of the machine is going to come to bear on your right leg. Or you're going to hit the gas. In which case, all the weight of the machine is going to come to bear on your right leg, and you're going to screw yourself into the ground in a very small circle. <laughs> in either case, it ain't cool. My best recommendation for that moment is to turn the motor off, get off the bike, grab it with both hands behind your back, and like you know, steal yourself, and then press the button. So when it drops all of its weight onto you, it doesn't literally crush you onto the bike. At least you're prepared for it. <laughs> you're, you're ready for it yeah. because. Ask John, every single MP3 that's come into our shop has been road rash to fuck on both sides. Yeah. I. <laughs> then after it falls over, you go to stand it back up. You're not smart enough. And then it's like, oh. And it goes the other way. Look at it. Right. And the, the thing is. Don't roll it up on a curb. Don't you dare roll it up on a curb because if you. Because it will roll if you don't hit yep. the parking brake. Oh, yeah. So if you think you're going to push it out onto the. Oh, look, it's standing up. I'm going to push it out here. I'm going to push it. As soon as one wheel goes off the curb, the whole bike falls over. Oh my god! Because the wheels are locked, so they don't do this when they go over the curb. Yeah. They don't have shocks anymore because they're locked. Yeah. So when you lock the button, not only does it lock the lean it's left to right, yeah. it makes the front end into a rigid front end. Oh wow! So the shock absorbers get locked out too. With a wheelbase yep. this wide. With a wheelbase that wide. Mm-hmm. So when you hit literally a walnut, the bike falls over. <laughs> yeah. It is. It is hugely humiliating. To be pushing a bike out to just be like, I'm just pushing this bike out on the street and realize you have to go down like a little ramp. And I've done it. I've, I've done it. Hanging on for dear like, fuck, fuck. Oh. Where's it going? I can't hold it up. And this, and this is somebody who's a very big person who's very strong that's very good at motorcycles. Yeah, I saved it. I yeah. wouldn't have been so lucky had... Half these people who buy MP3s are like, well, my name's Gertrude, and I I, I, I had to sell my Honda Elite 80 because it was too much, but I've heard these will hold me up in the corners. And you're like... What the fuck? And then we had a dealer here in town that was like, "You should buy a sidecar." We, we had a dealer in town that was like, "Oh, I know, sweetie, you know, but you should get an MP3 because they do all the work for you." Oh. And we had a woman crash her motorcycle twice in the parking lot of the asshole who sold it to her, and he made her take it home, like he wouldn't let her back out of the deal, and she didn't know in the state of Ohio she's got three days to change her fucking mind, but he made it sound like, "I'm sorry, Gertrude, you signed the paperwork. That's all yours now." She cr- crashed it twice in his parking lot, got it home, crashed it again in her, her driveway, called us. We had to go pick the bike up. And I called the guy. I was like, you cocksucker. Like, she said she crashed it in your parking lot and you helped pick it up for her. And then you sent her off on the road. You're a fucking devil, dude. Like, you are literally the goddamn devil. Give her her fucking money back. And that, he was not having it. He's like, no. He goes, that, that fucking MP3 is long gone, but dude, it's, it's gone. It's, it's not my problem anymore. Fuck it, man. So the, the yeah. Honda Gyro made more sense. The Honda Gyro, the two back wheels stayed well, on the ground at all I, times. I was going to say is I wanted the Christini version where it's oh, yeah. three wheel drive. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all three wheels so, were driven. So Ben Ooh, Big, back to Ben Big. You remember Ben Big? We were talking oh, about yeah, Ben Big. Yeah, yeah. He said the Honda Neo Wing. Yeah. We're going to have to pull this one up the on the big screen, boys. It's the Honda Neo Wing. Can you pause the podcast? I've got to go get a slice of pizza. Well, go ahead. <laughs> Just don't knock over the cameras. Okay, I'm getting up now. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Don't worry. We'll edit that out. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's, no, that's we good. Won't. That's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Right, this, Sleepy? Every time anybody says, yeah, we can edit that out, Sleepy's like, fuck the you fuck guys. No. This, is, this, this is a free podcast. I used to have a life. <laughs> I chose this, though. It's all right. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. I see okay. another problem with the continual migration of the table this way. Yes. You can't see the screen. No. no. Oh, it's no. Worse yeah, than, uh, that's not good. That's terrible. So, yeah. So, this is the looks Honda great from over here. Neo Wing. <laughs> so, the Honda Neo Wing is. Um, the Honda Neo Wing, they said, is supercharged. Uh, again, all the things. Does it have three wheels or two? Because it looks like it has two. So just so three, you guys know. Two in the front. It's oh, two in the two front. In the front. It's two in the front. That's a side view. <laughs> yeah, it's two in the front. Two in one of these. There it is. See, two in the front. <laughs> two in the pink. Yeah, two in the front. Yeah, two in the pink, one in the stink. <laughs> That's Dan Dan Hostwick, our buddy from Cincinnati. He came up with it. He's like, MP3, two in the pink, one in the stink. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you're right, dude. You are not wrong. I cannot possibly say you're wrong. So there it is. Um, and again, I would like to tell you, I would like to give the, whatever the new, what's the news award for a news agency when when they have the best, it's not the, it's not the Grammy, it's not the- Pulitzer. 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 Yeah, so I have a new term. From now on, we're going to have the Pulitzer. <laughs> the, the Pulitzer is going to be for the most exceptional use of Photoshop and fake nice news. Team. Right? The Pulitzer. <laughs> but it is, it is one of those things. Um, even Motorcycle.com. Motorcycle.com said, fake news, no. Honda did not patent a supercharged Neo Wing trike. These things come out, and it, you know, honestly, an eight year old, nine year old with Photoshop, they can make anything you want, right? You know, they, there is no uncanny valley when it comes to motorcycles and things like that, you know, because we've been trained to go like, oh, look, the next Buick coming out is going to have hover drive. I saw it on the Agents of Shield, right. you know? Well, everybody's and, going by patents. They filed a patent. And I guarantee you the patent is not that rendering, uh, uh, that type of right. detail, you know. Well, and they didn't file a patent. Oh. No. And it just says, no, Honda did not patent a supercharged <laughs> Neo Wing trike. So and I would like to say. rendering of a patent. It's I'm going to tell you that the story, the one that I found using a strange device called Google, the first thing it says, the first article that came up says fake news. No, Honda did not patent a supercharged Neo Wing trike. So, and yet... People are talking about it in these things. Yeah. That so was, that was like this German guy. You ever, you ever see the German guy? A lot of the people, like, he, he takes, like, popular bikes, then reworks them. And he's, like, a, yeah. a Photoshop expert. Yeah. And he makes, like, these awesome, like, the Dr. Big before, like, it was coming out from yeah. Suzuki or anything. And and, and so people. Big. Yeah. The DR Big. Yeah. So instead of a DR600, it's yeah. a DR1800. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the thing is, is that like now everybody knows who the guy is, so the stories don't work. But right. a couple of years ago, every month there'd be like a new one, and everybody'd be like, "Oh, I'm buying it," you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it was just a rendering. But the shame on it for the fucking Pulitzer, the shame <laughs> on it goes to RideApart.com because RideApart.com reported that as fucking news. So shame on all you motherfucking lazy ass journalists. Who are like, oh, you know what? I saw an artistic representation of a bike that runs on hydrogen and it has 17 wheels. So that's a news story. <laughs> click, 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 click. Look at that. 10 million views. So and mostly it's 9 million people going, can you believe this asshole believes this shit? Mm -hmm. But he still gets credit for 10 million views. So whatever. Uh, anyway. So that's a, that's a thing. And so in a following story, he says Honda electric minibike seen in patents is an, is a, is an Honda e-grom coming. First rule. Huh. 
if you've used bad gra- grammar in your published article in your grammar yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah um I already don't like you, you know? So it's like, I don't want to believe somebody who can't fucking form a sentence in the English language. Uh, don't want to hear about it. Just just don't need it. And that's like, when this is from a com- uh, website called Electrek. And so Electrek, or I'm sorry, Electrek.co, because it turns out if you go to Electrek.com, <laughs> that's a different site entirely. <laughs> so... Yeah, so let's keep the news to um, news, right? To something that's verifiable. So it is a very interesting thing. So, you know, stories about Segway unveiling hydrogen (laughs) e-motorcycle, you know, uh, concept vehicles. Guys, man, we, we need to stop. In our country, we need to spend a hell of a lot less time talking about stuff that isn't going to happen like getting worried about shit that is never going to happen you know uh well you know i I heard there's an asteroid that's going to come with a danger close to the earth Mm. and and it might just wipe out our planet Mm. well and i think also with cars and motorcycles and stuff i i personally i don't think it's too difficult to see when something is obviously photoshopped Mm -hmm. i think we just need to start you know teaching people how to recognize that that's not real. <laughs> I think vetting should be a elementary school class. Mm-hmm. Like vetting should be like all about like just because you read it means that it's fiction. Always, yeah. always be critical. Mm-hmm. I, you stuff. can take some heart because they do do that. At least, uh, you know, my daughter in her computer classes and stuff, mm-hmm. they, you know, they've talked about verifying your sources. Where's it coming from? Excellent. L- is it a reputable, is it right. some obscure thing or is it from a reputable site and She's like, yes, that article is no good because of this, 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 and this. Oh, that's I'm cool. like, all right, that's they're helpful. teaching you something. Oh, I'm getting yeah. my money's worth. You know what I hate, though? I hate when the fucking scam websites use a real header. So, like, you go to it, and it's like, it's like you know, whatever. I don't know. Make your dick bigger? Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Dot, dot org, not com. Right. No, yeah, we yeah, all yeah, know yeah. that dot org is... Or, dot orgs are legit. Right. I, yeah, those right, are government yeah, run. Yeah, yeah. I've heard huh. that those are government sponsored, so you can trust sending your money to a dot org. 100%. Yeah. Like uh, Joe Biden completed a sentence. Again, again, <laughs> no, that's bullshit. Like, making that statement... So I'm going to say from now on, hyperbolic statements like that, I'm going to say, well... Let me let me let me take a nice long look at your historied service, you know, your public service career. Oh, okay. Oh, so he fell down he fell down some slippery stairs going up onto an airplane? Oh, you're right. We should make fun of him forever. Hey, like like look, man. <laughs> Let's just I let's tell if you're yeah. serious or not. I, this is my point. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. right. The the point is, yeah, we do start. We do need to be like super critical about stuff because for the past 15 or 20 years, we've been trained to be like, oh, my God, that's outrageous. And you're like, oh, it's not really outrageous at all. But didn't all this kind of start? Like, didn't they get rid of something about truth and news? Like a couple yeah, of years like, or whatever, or like 10 or 15 years ago or something? <laughs> there's a, I mean, there, there, it all started with the 24-hour news cycle. Entertainment. So, so news entertainment. Had, it yeah. started with CNNs and stuff right. like that. Yeah. Where news used to be one hour of your day at best. Right. Or you'd get a newspaper or something yeah. like that. But once you had the 24-hour news cycle... You had to run it, rerun yeah, it, well, that's doing what, it. Norm- you had to pick anything you could. You'd report your news, that person's fill news, the 24 anything. Hours, yeah. You'd regurgitate anything you could because you had to fill 24, 24 hours. You know, you know who talks about that awesome is Norm MacDonald. Norm MacDonald has this whole bit 
where he's like, back when I was a kid, he goes, there was the news, and it was the news. It was on from 6 to 6.30. Yes, exactly. And he's like, and in that half an hour, they couldn't even fill it up. So they always right. ended with some story about an aardvark or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, now, he's like, that's turned into 24 hours. Right. They have to keep saying stuff. Right. There's not three gonna... minutes of news. They can't, at the top of, and bottom of the hour, like right. 1,100 plays the news. Yeah. yeah, right. It's the exact same news. Right. And they can't fill three minutes exactly at the right. top or bottom row without repeating everything. Well, I know, exactly. I know, I have to go to work in the morning because my wife gets up at six. I take, I, so do I, but I, I take a shower first. So if I hear her, if I if if I hear the news, that's important. No, no, no. But if I, <laughs> whatever, yeah, okay. But if, if he I, takes showers, that's a good thing to know. No, but if yeah. I hear I hear a story on the news, right? And I know if I hear it again, it's been a half an hour. That's exactly right. And I have yeah. to go to work. Right. You, right. you could to get well, out of the right. shower. And so that's right. been an amplifying yeah. factor with the news, is because. They can't come up with that much content, so they just repeat it and repeat it exactly. and repeat it, and then it gives it more weight than it really should. Yes. Right. If you hear it on TV, yep. it, you know, like if it was back in the day, right. it was a breaking news flash. The, the, the space shuttle blew up. Excuse me. Sorry about right. that. Well, that happened. Yeah, 23 then, hours ago. And then 23. it was reported, but it, it wasn't like, but then they just put it on repeat, right. repeat, yep. repeat. And then now you think it's it's ever present and, in your mind. You can't not think about and it. And the problem with that, too, is is that Prince's manager way back in the day was one of the first guys to, to figure out that if you said something in media 30 times, people believed it is true. So he started out by saying that Prince was a new musical prodigy that nobody's ever heard anything like that for a whole year. He stopped him playing and he did it. He got it like on national news and air 40 times. And when Prince's album came out, all the reviews were like the musical prodigy, blah, 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 all this stuff. And so, like now they've adopted that. And you're it's right, bra- it's it's akin to brainwashing because if yeah. I tell you yeah. and I tell you again, and then I have this person tell you and that person tell you, yep, these two people talk about it and tell you again. So that's exactly how it is. It's, that's why we read all those fucking reviews that said the Piaggio MP3 was a good bike. Well, and that's uh, some of the self gives you more traction. It gives you more traction. It gives you more traction. It gives you more traction. Even more, <laughs> even more. The punters out there talking about it. Yeah. About the about this Honda, right? They want it to be, so yeah. they're going to keep talking right. about it in hopes that somebody at Honda sees how much yeah. they're interested mm, in right. it, and they'll be like, "Yeah, we should build something like that." Because look at all these people who say they would like to buy one. Well, Goebbels said that the bigger the lie, <laughs> right, the, the more yeah. likely people right. are to believe it. That's exactly right. right. Dan, so, you had your hand up. Sorry, Dan. Oh, it's okay. No, Dan, you had, you were waiting. No, I was just going to point out that you're not actually required to watch the news over and over again. You can stop <laughs> after once. <laughs> My wife has been news free for about three years. Yeah, it's remarkable how she's survived. I don't know how she's done it. It's amazing. The uh, now on to news. Uh, we have the another big event coming back that. We didn't. Hey, good out. Uh, Are we going to talk about those special new gasoline motors? Well, hold on. Okay. Again, this is news. We try to keep this at the front of the segment. Okay. All right. So uh, at fifty-one minutes in, (laughs) we were still doing the intros last week at forty minutes. I don't think we finished the intro. Right. (laughs) And to my left. So, um, so this year, yes, guys, Portland, Oregon, newsflash. For all our, our ships at sea, uh, we have the one motorcycle show is coming back. Uh, and this is fucking, this is important. F- fucking one motorcycle show is the shit. Mecklefresh and I went last year. No shit. It is a, it is a good goddamn event. Um, you brought home a hell of a souvenir, right? 
<laughs> no, I didn't bring back COVID. That was from my. Uh, I, I brought back COVID from the the zero SRS uh, oh, launch. Okay, okay. So the, the zero SRS launch, I brought home COVID. That was after the one motorcycle show. So the one motor motorcycle show hosted at the historic Zidel or Zidel Yards in Portland, Oregon, a huge open air venue <coughs> with one way traffic flow and dedicated viewing times for a one moto show reimagined. CC Motorcycle Coffee Company, which operates the One Motorcycle Show, announced that the 12th annual edition of the idiosyncratic art show at the Cultural and Cultural Celebration will move to the Zydell Yards Barge Building in Portland, Oregon. The historic family-owned barge construction facility launched its last ship in 2017 and is the perfect venue for the One Motorcycle Show. It provides a safe, open-air locale where viewers from all walks of life will come to see custom motorcycles, art, food, and more. So, uh, plus this, it's this not goes, flammable. Plus, it's not flammable. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Well, and uh, again, and you it's could Portland, be. So the weather's usually well. I mean, it could rain, but it's never going to be totally bad. You know. Like, right. And that was the thing when we were there. It was like the weather every day. It was it was Portland. It was nice. I mean, I didn't have a problem. We kind of went out and did stuff, and that was you know, like January, February. That was we February. we left the strip club twice, three times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, Portland's great, and it's especially, the weather's always nice at the Acropolis Steak <laughs> Restaurant and Stripper Joint. Yeah. The weather's always <laughs> perfect there. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, You know what? The, you know, I noticed the weather was particularly great right in front of Maggie. That valley? Like, yeah, that, that valley, valley right there between Maggie. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's is, that, is Maggie the one that made a, a, a little city out of dollars and then was playing? We Jones? made the city out of dollars and she was Godzilla. <laughs> and then we made paper airplanes out of dollars and we had the paper airplanes attack Godzilla. Footballs <laughs> and... Honestly, best time I've ever had in a strip club, <laughs> ever. Good steak. And a great steak. Like, the food was crazy good. No mistaken. Yeah, you, better, so, you better stay away from elementary schools. <laughs> trying to get Why? St- they don't have strippers there. <laughs> just yet. What the fuck, man? <laughs> Look, man, that's the one place I'm not going to be, honestly. Yeah. I'm going to go to the brass pole. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I want to see some Amish strippers. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That would be the wooden pole. Got to watch for splinters. The uh, so anyway, they're doing. uh, This is an interesting thing. So it says COVID precautions, sponsors, and vendors as the rest of the world adapted to the modifications needed to operate during the COVID nineteen pandemic. So has the One Moto Show. Since March of last year, the whole world has changed. But one thing that hasn't is our love for motorcycles. Says Thor. The Production team has been taking great care to implement and enforce safety precautions, including, now this is important, timed ticket sessions throughout the weekend with limited headcount per session. So I have that idea that like when you're going to buy a ticket and it's going to be like you're in the purple group. And so purple group will be like from, you know, the top of the hour till 15 minutes or something. And then like purple group, like a Zamboni will come through or a plow will come through and just push all the purple group people out of the way. And then the orange group people can come in. That I sounds think. like a guy. Send in the scoops. And then it says, yes. Then it says uh, contactless, contactless registration, parking and viewing. I will tell you that at no point during the one motorcycle show that we attended last year were we contacted. No point at all. Now, strip club, totally other story. So they're going to sell uh, fast passes. I guess, right? <laughs> yeah. Manda- okay, number three, mandatory masks and social distancing while attending the show. That part right there might mm. keep me away from Portland strip clubs. Okay, now, the dedicated dedicated outdoor food and beverage areas. All right. Open air venue with a large square footprint to headcount ratio. 
That's good. Is there That's a beer a garden? I'm sure there's probably several. I mean, it's fucking Portland. Mm-hmm. Remember, Portland is one of those, it's one of the places where you could first ever just be like, I'd like an ounce of purple kush. Yeah, right. And somebody's like, well, I got a better price over here. You know, like the prices that John and I saw, $200 an ounce was wow. for top shelf. Mm-hmm. Like $200, $200 an ounce for flour was like, that was... The yeah. Cadillac. Like, yeah, it was just like on a billboard. On the it was on a billboard on the side of the road. Yeah, it was exactly <laughs> it. The place, the strip club that we went into, the place next door to the strip club was the uh, medical prescription and dispensary and like joint rolling clinic or whatever the fuck it was. I like Starbuds. Those Starbuds. are my favorites. They have those in Portland. <laughs> so, so that is the thing about Portland. You know this event is going to be catering to people who like to stand around and drink. Uh, so that, I think they'll I mean, have I that now. the smoking area alone. Like, exactly. You're going to go out to the smoking area and be like. Yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah. So. Although I feel like if you're in a strip club and you have a mask on, your face could just be put anywhere. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's uh, true that. Why does your mask have fur on it? <laughs> And glitter. And glitter. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's feminine feline fur. There you go. That's right. <laughs> exactly. I wanna, I've been thinking about- Fucking go- Merkins, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. I've been thinking about going to West Virginia. I heard they got strip clubs where they have, they have minor strippers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. The, not minor, the juveniles. Miner. No, no. Oh, oh, oh. they, have a helmet, they have a helmet with a All light right. on it. Motorcycles. Oh. Motorcycles. Hey, hey, hey. I'm, a pervy, I'm a little pervy, but I want nothing to do with that. I'd like to go on record right now. So you guys who want to check out the One Motorcycle Show, uh, get in co- touch with them. So it's the One Motorcycle Show. Um at all of the One Motorcycle Show spaces you'll ever want to see, do it. Because, special announcement, the lovely, lovely and talented Miss Emma Booten is going to have her turbo-powered Honda Goldwing. The pink one. GL1000, Tubbo the Turbo, um, will be featured in the One Motorcycle Show. Oh, so, fucking A, that's badass. So, when, so is, when is the show? Uh, the show is going to be on April 30th, April oh, wow. 30. So it's coming up really yeah. fucking quick. So if you haven't bought your plane tickets yet, plan on driving. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Like, who knows? So anyway, but so that's the game. So the uh, that this will be the 12th of the 12th annual and it's going to run from April 30th to May 2nd. So go if you're a Pacific Northwesterner or whatever. Fucking go, man. Portland's a cool town. You got to go check it out. Wasn't Rand there last year? Rand was there last year. And you know what? When he walked up and introduced himself, I said to John, I'll bet you that's Rand. And it was Rand. So there. So take that. Our listeners do look like him. I I was a little disappointed by that, Rand. (laughs) (laughs) Call Rand. Oh, Oh, (laughs) jeez. Call Rand. Call Rand. uh, So that's, I mean... Any way you slice it, that's news. Portland, uh, one show, rock the fuck out. Do we have any negative feedback? Uh, you know what? Let me pull up the thing. Uh, you guys can talk among yourselves while I pull up our negative feedback. Meeting. I feel like last week's podcast had to generate some negative. It hasn't dropped yet. Uh, last week's drops tomorrow. Right. See I, how confusing that is? I don't really remember a lot. <laughs> I do know that the, the the I hope you're willing to edit things for me. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind you making me spend our lives editing. Yeah. Well, on the on the bright side, the week prior to last week's probably wasn't much better. So 
that, right. that probably generated. That's some pretty good. I think you're, you're probably right there. That um, one was funny though. That was the, that one. I, I enjoyed that one thoroughly. We got some new, we got some new <laughs> Patreons, Patreon uh, listener, Kyle Amundsen or right. Omunson, uh, five dude, fucking five bucks a month. Just threw us $5 a month. So Welcome, Kyle. he came $5 away from getting the secret phone number oh, that, you know, that, that Ben big is, mistake, that big yeah. Ben big is hitting us on. And remember you guys, if you come in at the $10 a month level, you, we will read your shit. Like, like not even kidding. We read shit. Yeah. Come we'll, on, Kyle. We'll, we'll even <laughs> tell you a joke. We will. So, Ooh. uh, not joking. Our, um, our, <laughs> Our friend Kevin, who sends us podcast, he's a Patreon sub- subscriber. He says he's dead serious about taking. He's the one who got the new Honda Trail 125. Mm. Oh, he yeah. has an actual real one, like not a fake one, a real one he bought at a goddamn dealership. I thought those were fake news. I, we did too. <laughs> and um, I can tell you that talking to Pam at Sills, she's like, yeah, you know, we got loads of people who want to buy them, but nobody's got them. Uh, so he said he's considering taking that bike on the fucking Trans America Trail. Hell yeah, it's a good plan. That's a very fucking cool plan because you know people would pay attention to you if you took a fucking Trail One Twenty Five yeah. on the uh, the Hunter Cub. And people have done it. The two guys or t- uh, a couple from Sweden took Groms. They 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 outfitted the Groms with knobbies and everything, and and they were beating a lot of the guys on big bikes because in the rocky and weird sections they just walk just through it, carry the fuck, yeah. <laughs> you know. Like, yeah. yeah. Do you, are you guys familiar at all with a thing that used to be called the six days? Yeah. Six days trials. So um, six days trials went on for many, many, many years. And the six days trials was always this race that was put together. And it was this fucking horrible competition. But it wasn't just like racing the bikes in a circle. It wasn't like Le Mans where you're racing your bikes on a 24, you know, race cars on a 24 hour track until one of them blows up and kills 84 people. No, it's the, the race of... The six days trials was all about killing these motorcycles. Like, could your motorcycle survive it? Why was it called the six days trial? Guess why? Because it lasted exactly six days. There you go. The and, more you know. And now yeah. they're more of a brand because they sell like the six days mm-hmm. KTMs KTM. and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And those are the ones that you always see at the Erzberg Rodeo, which is exactly. kind of like the new six days thing. Yep. Yeah. Mm. And so the International Six Days Trial, ISDT, for those who are in the know, that started in 1913. Wow. So you have to consider how primitive motorcycles were yeah. in 1913, right? And it started in England, in Carlisle, and uh, it has literally only stopped, kind of like the Isle of Man, it's only stopped for wars and COVID. And so <laughs> that's, that's kind of what happens. But what's crazy about it is, is there was a period of times, and this was such an event that it was called the Olympics of motorcycling. Mm. And it was like, I don't care what you got. You got an Indian, bring it. Mm. You got a Harley, bring it. Triumph, yeah. Norton, bring it on. Because the idea is it was literally to test the durability and the ruggedness of motorcycles of the day. Really fucking cool. The first I mean, trophy was for the first bike that started each day. <laughs> uh, I have a little observation about yeah. all that. That it really, when you look at the six days trials and stuff and the bikes that were running in that yeah. and some of the, like the Greaves and stuff, when they started first coming out with two stroke, that was kind of where two stroke uh, motocross kind of bikes started to take shape. Right. I mean, they were still not, not what we consider modern bikes, but when you look at the big difference between trying to run a Triumph twin mm-hmm. or a little lightweight two stroke, like today I was playing around with my TS250 
because I did some hill climbs and I, I found out that the car, the float hinges on the back. And so <laughs> I, got, I got up the hill, but then when I got to the top, it was like, and I was holding it and it was pissing gas out. Oh, and man. Like, oh. My float got stuck because I did a little thing, but I was shaking it. And when I was shaking it, I was like, and I was like, Arr. I'm like, whoa, I'm picking the front tire up yeah. off the ground. That's something you would never do, like with a CB350 or so. Uh, those little like lightweight old two strokes, kind of, they're kind of fun. It is, and I mean, like as the more that I kind of like the more that I did some research into it and kind of kind of learned about, you know, the six days trials. The crazy thing about this is that Vespa did remarkably well in it. So it's when you look at the night the early 1950s. The Vespa teams that showed up for the six days trials dominated. Like they did way better really? than they should. And it's just <laughs> one of those things where you're like, no, you're got to be fucking kidding me. But Steve brings up the point is if your bike is light enough and it's a two stroke, yeah. when it can't go anymore, you now become the source of getting that bike over. Mm -hmm. And if your bike weighs. And you can dump it and all the yep. oil doesn't run out. And it's not hard to start. A two stroke's not going to get messed up, you know. Absolutely. And I mean, I think that's fucking cool. I, I just get the biggest kick out of that. When I when you look back and you go to things like the uh, uh, Casa Lambretta Museum in uh, Milan and stuff. And you go check these places out. And you see these old racing bikes. These old racing scooters. And what they did to modify the bikes to make them off-road champions. It's very fucking cool. And so that six days race, we talk about the six days trials, uh, that, you know, for me, the idea of having any motorcycle, having any vehicle. Well, I mean, we ride for a couple hours <laughs> and we're fucking. Our ass is fucking kicked, Imagine man. Right. Yeah. Six days of, of beating through the Welsh countryside. Oh, yeah. It, that is 100% of a broken heart and probably a broken bike as well. And so when you look at the things, kind of when you look at the vehicles that historically have competed or, you know, I'm sure that as far as motorsport goes from 1913 on, yeah, I mean, I pulled up a picture just so people take a look at it of what the original Vespa six days race bike looked like as compared to um, the original, the real one. So the it, it is obviously smaller. Uh, yeah, not not kidding. One's a 300 cc, and the other one's you know uh, 125 cc's or 98 cc's. I think that's the way my scooter needs to go. Six days. Going six days with it. Shop the fender, yep. chew everything. Yeah. Go full rally bike. There's something just. I mean, there's something just super cool about it. I mean, there. You know, the whole idea about taking a little bike or something stupid and going off road with it. Um, there's one I pulled up on the screen right now. Giuseppe Cow. Um, he's a decorated rider and winner of winner of the six days trial. Wow. So that's that guy. See that little dude right there. See how tiny he is between those two bikes. You can't see yeah. it, but his balls are in the room behind him. <laughs> uh, no, dude. But no, no joke. It looks like he's standing next to a Harley dresser and he's standing next to a 300 cc. <laughs> oh dresser. yeah. No, I mean, this guy's clearly, this guy might be the right side of four foot 10, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's not a big dude, but the point being, you know, that guy's a world champion. So yay. There good was, for him. Uh, oh, the, the factory Honda guy did pretty well on a super 90. Mm -hmm. So imagine oh, yeah. he's, he's riding a Super 90 in the six days. That's probably. so fucking cool, man. Like, but I mean, right. it's a flea flicker. You could right. take yeah. it over yeah. anything. And I think that's just cool. So Kevin's Kevin's plan of doing that, you know, doing uh, Transamerica Trail on uh, literally a Honda Trail 110 or 125. Brand new bike. Go out and kick ass. And realistically, okay, he says he spent, he spent, he said he spent $38.99 on this bike um, plus 300 shipping. And he's like, 
taxes and registration on top of that. Dealership was fair and easy to work with. He had a great experience. So here at the table, we have got one of our podcast listeners has been doing in-depth research on a topic that is near and dear to all of our hearts. And as soon as he's done pouring his bourbon, we're figuring out which bourbon he's going to drink. Um, S- Steve has been testing all the, all the small bikes. So you know that in our family of motorcycle idiots that we have here, Cinch has got the TNT 135 now. And Stephen Hoffert has gotten the... Everything else. He's gotten everything else. <laughs> but most, most recently, he got the Kimco Spade. Right. So you've been doing some research, Steve. Right. Um, the, I've been comparing it to my Cub mm-hmm. and the Monkey. And that's the new Cub. The new Cub, the 125. The cub. Yeah, the same engine as the Monkey. So right. uh, different wheels, uh, different tires, but the same horsepower, the same engine. Um, so I've found out that the, uh, for just from calculating it out, okay, uh, going both ways it, with the same wind and mm-hmm. everything else, the the spade is eight miles an hour faster. Wow! Than the monkey or the cub. Okay. And uh, I should just mention that Steve's riding this twenty two miles on the highway, right? Doing from work, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's not. I mean, so twenty two miles one way. On a one two five or a one fifty freeway speeds, yeah, okay, might be that might exceed the designed purpose. Yeah, well, this it is kind of scary because because the cub and the uh, monkey will slow down depending on like road conditions and wind conditions to roughly fifty miles an hour. Okay, which you know, your maximum speeds roughly sixty. I mean, that's what I've seen. Uh, the monkey, if you threw it off a cliff, it wouldn't exceed 66 miles an hour. So you can go down the steepest hill that, that I found in the Adirondacks, full throttle in a tuck, and it won't exceed 66 wow. miles an hour. Which one's faster of the two? The Super Cub would be faster. Oh, the Super Cub's faster than the monkey. Right. Oh, wind resistance, right? I would, I think, and also the tires might have less resistance because yeah, they're, uh, yeah. they're skinny toe. Way, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. But uh, I've gotten the uh, spade up to 72 miles an hour. Wow. And typically it will, like, if it, it's about a spread of eight miles an hour. If I can do 51 on the monkey, I could do 59 to 60 on the spade. And it, and it varies a little bit, like, from seven to 10 miles an hour, but the average is about eight. Uh, if I could do like 53 to 55, I could mm-hmm. do 62 to 63. That's, I mean, that's enough. And what I think that's kind of interesting about that is that's real world testing. Same rider, same road, multiple runs, multiple bikes. But you got an upwind, downwind too, going yeah, an upwind, downwind. Yeah. But the biggest difference I find is that the monkey. And the Super Cub get almost twice the gas mileage as the Spade. Yeah, the Spade is a thirsty girl. It is. So today I actually attempted to keep it down to monkey speed. Oh, all right. And not open the throttle all the way. Yeah. And just keep it down at like like what I would normally see on the monkey and see what kind of fuel consumption I would get if I'm not using that. I mean, because it's the, the, you know, the square of the speed 
gives you, you know, that's how much power it takes. At, so the higher speeds are going to ex- uh, use a lot of power. So um, yeah, every mile an hour over is exponentially more difficult on the motor given a certain amount right. of horsepower. But I also noticed that on the spade, with anything under full throttle, it almost sounds like it's detonating all the time. Oh, really? But, Interesting. But I've uh, attempted to use, like, well, I started out with 87 gas. I've used 89. I've gone up to 93. And it makes no difference in the noise that you hear. And it's either a, a, some inherent noise in the airbox. Like, I was thinking that if the butterfly is partially open, it could be, like, fluttering. Or it could be, like, the air passing over the partially open butterfly. And, like, the low pressure on the bottom side of the butterfly could be causing that, like, uh, that that fluttering noise, but it's hard to tell if it's a detonation or if it's a airbox noise. Interesting. Let me, let me ask you something kind of interesting. So like when we were in the Anirondacks and we were riding, I was out in the 135, right? It was obviously a little bit faster than the monkey. I think it's probably equivalent to the spade. I think I've had it up to 75 or 74 or something like that. But the thing that I liked about that bike, and, I, and you remember because you were behind me, is that when we were going up the hills, it seemed like the TNT 135, it didn't matter how steep the hill got, it just maintained like right. it would do like 56 up hills and it could be the steeper hill less it didn't it's just 56 up the hill but the monkey would slow down do you find that the spade has a better pull on hills than the monkey and the cub or no I think at a high rpm the spade produce I mean the spade produces all the power at the high end hmm. and at the low end the monkey and the super cub feel way like like there's way more engine when there's not Right. But it just feels like somewhat anemic. <coughs> it feels somewhat anemic at the low RPM, and at the high RPM, then it comes on, and then the, really the power is produced over redline. I mean, I see a lot more power at like seventy-five hundred to nine thousand RPM. Would you or say 10, that's 000. over redline, or would you say that they may have just marked the redline in the wrong place on I, the tachometer? I, I would say that it's marked in the wrong place yeah. because from what I've read. The same engine in their striker, I think, has an eleven thousand RPM redline. Mm-hmm. Wow. So they might have just, you know, marked it there because at at um at redline at eight thousand RPM, it's sixty miles an hour. Right. So when you go beyond that, you, it's about eighty five hundred RPMs, about seventy two. Yep. And that's you, as fast as I could have. You but think? you're not hitting a rev limiter anywhere, are you? I'm not hitting a rev no. limiter, but it it just feels like. At the end of that, like it feels like there's all that power, but it's in such a, like in 1500 RPM, right. like at like at 7500 to 9000 RPM, it yeah. seems like that's where all the power is. Does it feel like you can go up a tooth on the front at all? I would say no, not with my weight. I, no. if, if I weighed 100 pounds less, I would say that you could probably you potentially could go up one tooth, and it would make sense. I don't know if you get any more speed out of it because you. I mean, you're you're at the limit right there, so you'd you'd go down a little bit, but you'd be I guess you'd be in the power band. And I do think that that bike is fun. I think that bike is fun off the launch. I yeah. do think that I've ridden enough spades to tell you that when the light goes green, you can have a little bit of fun with that bike. Like the TNT 135 wheelie's easier, so it's easier to wheelie the TNT 135, but the spade is still probably second in the like hey let's have a little fun wheelie thing but it still gets up to the the rev but 
Like to me, the perfect spade would never drop below 8,000 RPM. So like the tack would start at 8,000 or it start at 7,000. And like you would only ever ride the bike above 7,000 RPM because it's the motor is just so perfect over 7,000 RPM. And, and I totally yeah. agree. I mean, yeah. but that's but that's where it shines. Yeah, yeah. that's where And that below motor it, is. it's fine in the city. You know, I, I ride, um, sometimes I ride down in Lorraine halfway to work and then I get on the freeway. Yeah. And riding down Lorraine at 35 miles an hour or 40 miles an hour, yeah. it's spinning like 5,000 RPM. And it's just, it's, the motor's perfectly happy through the entire RPM range. It just, like I said, it just feels a little anemic down low. But I think that either the monkey and the cub are, I mean, well, first of all, the monkey and the cub are two Tune valve. for the low and mid range. Well, yeah. Well, the marketing I mean, department. Yeah, they're two, I mean, they're two valve motors too. Right. So, of course, yeah. you're going to produce more power down low. Right. And also, um, I mean, I, th I think you have an advantage with the, the super cub because you have less rolling resistance off the line. Right. So I think that's a real good thing. But I still think those bikes, compared to like riding them to work or whatever, when we do the small bike rides and we find the roads that are 35 to 45 and you're just, you know, cruising 55 through there, th that's the perfect bike for that kind of ride. Like, there's nothing better than... I mean, well, oh, I, I agree. I mean, I have... any of those I have, bikes. Yeah. I yeah. have no issue with any of any one of those bikes to ride just for fun. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I, I mean... I, I, I'm I'm liking this like low horsepower stuff so much that I actually am buying a electric bicycle. Oh, you are buying an nice. electric bicycle. Yeah, right not on. for me, but oh, okay. for somebody else. Right. He's going to make John drive it to work? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Yay. So we got a letter from one of our Patreon subscribers. Uh, this is Michael Woods. Michael Woods. Hey, Phil and company. I was enjoying Easter Bank Holiday. Tells you where he's from. Mm. Yeah, not from West Virginia, this one. Uh, was enjoying Easter Bank Holiday and went out for a ride on the bike. Sun shining. Half an hour later, weather turns all Cleveland on me and starts to snow. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, turned on my heated grips and used my middle finger to wipe the snow off my visor. Made it back home an hour later before the snow had time to freeze my brass bits to bald monkeys. I listened to the podcast and warmed up enough and had a laugh at your Sons of Anarchy petrol station standoff. <laughs> now, worried if I ever visit the U.S., I will have to leave my denim cut with my blue oyster cult patch at home in case I get accosted. You're more than welcome to wear the Canadian tuxedo here anytime you yeah, like. Yeah, in yeah. case I get accosted by someone who might be offended and think I don't have the right to wear it as I do not like golden age of leather. <laughs> Happy times. Thank you, Michael Woods. And I'm sorry I didn't do like the uh, Misfits podcast and read that with a British accent because fuck, man, you know, I haven't drank enough for that. The uh, But anyway, yeah, no shit. Uh, I, this year I bought a jacket because everything I buy, I buy on super closeout. So I buy my, like my boots for super closeout, thrift store, everything. And on Parts Unlimited, we got a super closeout of this uh, leather uh, Sons of Manarchy uh, cut. Uh, which is cut, by the way. Cut is a term. Sons of malarkey. <laughs> I'm still going to say since I bought that Harley Davidson, it's sons of atrophy. The uh, it's just what happens when you just stop moving. The uh, but I did buy a, a leather vest because um, I had the ball gag already. Might as well match. And so the leather vest has not one but two concealed firearms park pockets, yeah. and it it brags about it. It like advertises it. It has. Two cardboard pistols, and they're Berettas. So it has two cardboard Beretta 92s, but they're like hilarious, like 22 caliber versions. They're smaller than they should be. And they're hanging from two little red ropes 
like from nipple tassels to show you where the guns go. So there's basically on this jacket, when you take it up out of the factory packaging, there are two little cardboard pistols to remind you that your jacket can carry not one, but two firearms. And if you're stupid, because I bought a denim cut, like, you know, like yeah. my, my denim vest, and I'm like, oh, sweet, it has two inside pockets. And I tried to shove my phone in it, and it went down three inches. And yes. I'm like, fucking get in there. Because it's a gun pocket. And then you look, and yeah, it has a thing down the middle for yeah. the barrel on the other yeah. side. I'm like, motherfucker. So right. I cut them out. Right, exactly. <laughs> and like, that's the, this thing, too, this thing has inside of the pa- inside of the pockets, these inner pockets, inside of them are like, um, like, elastic trusses yeah. so like if you put your gun in there it's it is not by any standard of weapons retention it is not a holster it is literally a pocket that you put your gun in and here's what a trick i'm going to tell you guys as a as an old timey kind of gun guy who believes in like the primary term of concealed carry is concealed that's what you can like if you can't put your gun in your pocket you bought the wrong gun like for the purpose, right? You're concealed carrying the Sam Walker Navy Colt, you know, forty-five. <laughs> I'm gonna get you. Yeah, exactly. You know what this is, Johnny? It's an eighty-eight caliber Magnum. It goes through schools. Yeah. You know, <laughs> fuck you, man. Like that's not a concealed carry. Like concealed carry is a little tiny five-shot Smith that has no hammer. Everything on it's rounded, so it doesn't snag on your pants. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not literally. The cardboard was actually a fucking Beretta 92. <laughs> yep. <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Yeah, not a small frame gun. You're making me think of my cousin Dale. Dale was the gun freak of all gun freaks. His whole house was full of guns. He was an engraver. He worked at a brickyard or something like that. But he engraved them. And then he was a slight man and an alcoholic, of course. But he uh, he would show up to like family events. He would get dressed up and he would wear like this blue suit, blue suit pants. Like a white shirt with a vest, like a suit vest, but then like the shoulder holster. Oh yeah, underneath oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. With like, mm, he always had a fucking cannon, a giant cannon. cannon under each armpit. You know, with his little curly mustache. Oh, and, awesome. And the the bolo with the a, a, a scorpion in oh, it and yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Like he walked off the set of like Deadwood or something like. <laughs> like he was that's just how he Bonanza. rolled. Slightly. Gayer, did he, did he used to walk in and say, "My mom slapped <laughs> <He> was, me <laughs> once." Once. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> he was a he was more of a scary. Than, yeah. yeah, yeah. He was like, and and then that's so when I was driving, we did the motor stories the other day, and we were talking about when I bought Merritt's when I got Merritt's GT six fifty Hawk, and I had to fly to Texas to do it. So the first thing I saw when I got the bike on the road, and I had my helmet on and my leather on, and you know stuff, and I'm cruising, and I mean I was Dallas. I had been in Dallas now at this point for long enough to change two tires, and this was my my wheels were moving. I was on the highway. Life was getting good. Texas V twin sport bike go. And I looked over as I'm passing vehicles and I see a feeble, feeble old man. Got to be in the neighborhood of 173 years old. (laughs) And he's riding what at the time would have been a brand new Harley Davidson Glide Springer. Now, if you don't know what a Glide Springer is. I love Glides. Yes. Mm. The Harley Davidson Springer, when it first came out, was called the Glide. Um, it was an edition of Harley Davidson Springer. It was like the American pasture edition or the American pasteurized edition. But um, I'm going to pull it up because it's important. It looked and like a Holstein cow. <laughs> it did. 
Yes. And I want one so badly. <laughs> yeah. And and I think that I don't think I'm the only person that calls it a Mooglide. I've heard it being called a Mooglide by many, many people. And so this particular Springer, when it came out, it actually was covered in animal skins, like from the factory. Like legit. Like legit cow parts, right? <laughs> so legit, like when this Springer came out, this Springer could be bought from Harley Davidson and company, or some people call it the company, this heritage soft tail, Mooglide. Um, so this particular bike had all of the cow on it. And not only did it have all of the cow on it, which is, you know, it was a 1993, by the way. So I, I did look it up. It's the Heritage Softail Springer, 1993. It's the FLSTN. And uh, I've pulled it up for our podcast viewers. Ha ha. The, uh, but it has literal cow skin on the seats. And so I pulled up and this guy was on it. And it had about 97, 97 pounds of extra chrome and shit like that. But like you said, this guy was wearing a white cowboy shirt with all the embroidery on it. He was wearing cufflets. If you're not familiar with, <laughs> if you're not familiar with roping, a cufflet is a leather cuff that goes from your wrist to your forearm, like to your elbow. And it's for when you're roping, so the rope doesn't tear your forearms up. My grandfather was a cowboy. I have his cufflets at home. And on his cufflets, he had an American standard, I think they were American standard, Derringer, the two-shot 44 Magnum or 410 shot shell, one on each side. So with his left arm, he could grab the Derringer on his right cufflet, and with his right arm, he could grab the Derringer on his left cufflet. Yes, and he had a leather vest on that had uh, embroidery on the back that was fucking magnificent. And he did. He looked like he was a cross between, like, Colonel Sanders <laughs> and, like, every fucking bad Tarantino movie, like, like that guy, he was just, he was, and he was one of those guys who was just, you know, when he got off that bike, he was five foot two without the boots, you know? And, but when I drove past, I looked over and he was just the tassels from his, the fringe from his levers were just like beating him in the face, but he was just like America, ah, Texas. And he was such an unapologetic version of Texas in one thing. And I looked over and I was just like, fuck, man, I need to get out of Texas. <laughs> I mean, how the fuck, how fast can I get out of Texas? And it's like the rest of the bike wasn't ugly. Black and white two-tone bike, pretty fucking normal by any standards, except for the seats. There's, you know, I pulled one up for you. The seats all were made of cowhide. And the trim on the soft leather saddlebags was all cowhide as well. And I think it did come from the factory with Harley Davidson leather tassels. I want to know, I want to know, like, okay, I know little girls have tassels and that's the thing. When did, like, like, at what, I know it's been around forever, but yeah, like, yeah. I want to know the first guy that's like, you know, it's going to make me even more badass than any other Harley rider. Fucking tassels. Tassels. You know why what tassels you know? exist? Anybody know why tassels exist? I'm just going to ask that question. Is I thought it was because of cordage. So when you were wearing your buckskins, mm -hmm. oh, excuse me. <laughs> McSlushy. McSlushy. Right. He's, he's used to having two hands on I something in just, front of you. Know, you had this extra leather when they, were drink. Making, when they were drink. <laughs> no. When they were making your buckskins, so they cut it off and things. And so if you need a cordage or something, you could cut off a tassel and you have a little leather thing. Mm. You can use that for time. My grandfather told me that the real reason for that was so that when it was an, a hard rain, the water would naturally go there instead of going on to the rest of your stuff. Okay. So mm. the tassels served a function 
on a, on a jacket, and that was to wick the rain away from your torso okay. so that the water would go down there instead of, like we all have experienced, your balls. Right, because if you're riding a horse or riding a motorcycle, your balls will eventually become a swimming pool. Well, and then they flip around, and the water would yeah. fling up. That's exactly it. So your but, balls are the muscles. <laughs> <laughs> I always find it helps to give my, <laughs> give my oh, balls oh, a good, a good flip. I'm thinking of like, oh, well, how about your sister? <laughs> I like that, dude. You'll be like, well, you know, I was, I had a problem with the water pooling up in my crotch on my motorcycle. So then what I did is I just learned I just give my balls. A quick shake and just snaps the water right off of it. And it makes a refreshing snap sound, too. <laughs> exactly. In situation. I just, I just the, sit up in the seat a little bit. <laughs> in situation, the sweat that forms on the back of your balls when you're fucking your sister. So another podcaster, John Leote, uh, was nice enough to comment. He's like, guys, you had me crying with the Canadian goose conversation. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> Canadian goose. They're yeah. Canada geese, yeah. not Canadian geese. Right. Anybody from Canada will remind you. And if you got a problem with that, you got a problem with me. Uh, he says, <laughs> the boy was trying to feed me to the geese today. He huh, was taking true. me around. Jake? The, yeah, he was taking me around the Kubota, pissing him off, and then stopping next to him. And they're <laughs> oh, then the geese were attacking him? I'm like, you motherfucker. Fuck a Canada goose, man. But, you know, honestly, national bird of our neighbors to the north, so go easy. And he says, we got him here. Thanks for... Thanks for refraining from 203 anus jokes per episode, you Januses. So there oh, you go. Now there's one. So I got to ride the Janus, by the way. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. Oh, very nice. Was it tight? It was very tight. <laughs> Best joke of the day. <laughs> Surprisingly satisfying. Did you wipe it down when you were done? I'm not going there. <laughs> no, I did not wipe it down when I was done. But it was a nice ride. I enjoyed riding it. Chris and I went through for a ride through the parkway and everything. Nice. Oh, but nuts to buzz together? Or? No, on my new bike and his. <laughs> okay, that was nice. Gotcha. Janus. I was actually. I liked it. I mean, it was. En français? I liked the handling. It was difficult to go from horsepower to, well, the Janus. <laughs> <laughs> Did you make it out of the park? Up yeah, the hill? yeah, no, no. Yeah, Pretty much. <laughs> no, no, no. It handled well. It had good brakes yeah, and everything. They're really nice. Yeah. It's just, you know. It's a 250, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Gregory sends us, now this is a tech. So when I said our podcast listeners, one of the things they loved the best about our podcast was tech, 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 tech. Uh, so I do want to have a brief tech session, if I might. Um, this is regarding one of our favorite motorcycles that none of us own. Hmm. Now that's fucking saying something mm -hmm. because it's a bike that we all like, but nobody owns. So, hey, Phil and guys, I recently, I recently purchased my first brand new motorcycle, a 2019 Kawasaki W800. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think we can all agree. It's a handsome motorcycle. Mm -hmm. Very nice. The cafe version gets my nipples hard. Yes, it does. <laughs> Returning to motorcycling after a 20 year hiatus, I was torn between the W800 and the Royal Enfield Interceptor 650. Good choice. Yeah. <laughs> but what sealed the deal was the great price I got on this leftover W800 cafe. I was able to get it for Enfield money. So it seems like a no-brainer. Get the yeah, Kawasaki right. W800 instead of an Enfield 650. I, I got to say, you, you did well. I think going with the Kawasaki 800, shit. Even if it's blue, you win. Okay. So, because Kawasaki's are supposed to be green. green. Yeah. Okay. I purchased the bike the end of January. This comes in, so you guys keep attention to the. So this is like a game of Clue right now. 
we're going to do a little diagnostic over the internet. I purchased the bike at the end Mr. of January. Mr. Bosch in the showroom. Mr. Bosch to the showroom. With uh, ethanol gas. Oh, it will be Mr. <laughs> Mustard. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Colonel Mustard or, or Colonel Bosch. I purchased the bike at the end of January because I didn't want to risk losing out on the promotional incentives they had. But I didn't take delivery until just the other day. Almost two months after giving the dealership my money. Mm -hmm. Okay. The dealership gave me free storage. All right. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yep. Uh, The dealership is here in uh, undisclosed American city that sounds like Metroit. Uh, Had a few (laughs) cases of COVID and was in lockdown. So he did have to meet the sales manager at the door. He asked me to sign the vehicle inspection paper. He handed me the keys, plate and registration. Okay. Um, He very briefly explained where the controls were. And that the brake and revs that he should stay below. He also mentioned that the warm-up cycle for the bike, uh, you know, what the bike does to warm up. Okay, good enough. So it sounds like the dealer basically dealt through this guy, dealt with this guy through an ultimately closed door. There's your keys. Through, There's a, glor- your bike. through a glory hole? Yeah, through a glory hole. Yeah, he just, you know, he said, you know, There's. I'm going to put two things through the glory hole. <laughs> One of them's the keys. Yeah. But you have to shake the keys up. Okay, so anyway... Uh, So he says, so this is important. Next important step. I drove the 20 miles home, but at about the 10 mile mark, I noticed that the engine seemed to be idling too high at a stoplight. While I was in neutral, the bike was at about 2,500 RPM. And when I did a slight rev, it shot up to 4,000 and stayed there until I put the bike in gear. I arrived home and I shot a quick video of the issue on my phone and called the sales manager to explain what was happening. He said that since his main mechanic had gone home for the day, I should bring it back in on my next day off. He called back a few minutes later and suggested I should disconnect the positive side of the battery, and that might save me a trip. I then read in the owner's manual about adjusting the idle, and after finding that, I had to give it quite a few turns to get the idle back down to about 1,300 RPM. Um, so that idle adjuster on a fuel injected bike isn't really so much of an idle adjuster. It's more of an air circuit. But anyway, we'll talk about that later. It's like idle air controller. Right? Idle air controller. IAC. Exactly. The low fuel light was on. So I went to the corner gas station to fill up. That's when I noticed that my pipes had turned completely blue and gray. They really look awful now. This morning I could, this morning I could, I cold started the bike and I noticed it was now idling low and the engine didn't do the warm-up cycle. The check engine light was on, so I called to ask if the bike was safe to drive back to the dealership. When I arrived, the sales manager came out and said immediately and started saying the bike seemed to be running fine. He drove it to the service garage and came back maybe five minutes later and said they reset the engine light and that the idle switch or something had a small fluke, but everything should be fine now and that I should be okay to leave. That's when I asked why the engine warm-up cycle didn't occur that morning. And why my headers were destroyed. Why did I have to turn the idle knob so many times to get the idle to slow down? He stuck to the line that it was a fluke. The bike's perfect now. Headers blooming like that is completely normal for any air-cooled fuel injection motorcycle. I suggested that perhaps the three-year-old gas in the tank, because the bike was three years old, had fouled up my new bike, which he denied and said there wasn't old gas in the tank. The weird thing is, I sent my wife a photo when I got home from the dealership and the pipes looked fine. Something during my idle adjustment and my trip at the corner gas station caused my pipes to turn blue. Anyways, I called BS on his assurances that all was fine. I asked to speak to somebody from the service department who came out and immediately went with the exact same line that the sales manager gave me. 
important safety tip, dude. That's where the sales manager got the line. So don't sweat it. I said I wanted to leave the bike with them so they could cold start it and that I wanted them to make a warranty claim on the headers since I didn't feel that I was at fault. And that's where I left it. When I got home, I called Kawasaki to explain what happened and they said they would look into it. Kawasaki called me back shortly and said they spoke with the dealership and told them completely to inspect the motorcycle. I called the dealership before they closed today. The service manager, sales manager said the bike was perfect, just like he said it was, et cetera, et cetera. Um, He said that I probably blew the headers by revving the throttle during the video that I showed him. Uh, I then said if the bike was perfect, I'd like to return it and have my money back. I explained that I didn't have any confidence that they actually inspected anything, that a bike with 30 miles on it shouldn't look like it did. And I offered up my bad gas theory and said that I didn't think that they performed the initial prep correctly, that I was concerned that damage might have occurred internally to the engine, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Something, you know. Know, basically, he's saying something would happen that he wouldn't be able to know until after the warranty was out. He said he wouldn't let me return the bike and that there was nothing wrong with the bike. So am I crazy here? What do you think? Thanks, Greg in Detroit. It's got a, he's got one of them brown colored uh, W800s and his pipes are in the picture he sends. His pipes are blue, 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 super blue. Um, they're super blue all the way down to about, uh, you know, about 16 inches. OK, so uh, <laughs> there it's it's just it's, you know, it's, it's bad. I mean, it's way past the Lambda sensor. The, the amount of blueness on his pipes, I'm going to pull it up, goes all the way down to the first bend. So, or the second bend rather. Uh, and this isn't a real high revving bike, you know, you know, there, these things are super blue. And now, first of all, I'm going to tell you that yes, these are not double wall pipes. These are single wall pipes and they will turn blue. Uh, however, I went on Google and I searched for every picture I could find of a used W800 for sale, some of them having 20, 30,000 miles, and none of them had pipes anywhere near as blue as these for as long as these. Well, but let me yeah. ask you this. If a bike's in a dealership, like a, a normal, is it a big box dealership? I don't care. I mean, okay, well, no, yeah. but the difference is like, so if you go to Johnny K's or one right. of these superstores, right? Yeah. A lot of their employees, salesmen, when there's nobody there, they send them off with rags and shit and tell them to clean bikes and do mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, that's what oh, I was thinking. So maybe somebody cleaned those pipes, made them shine with some fucking pledge or something, mm-hmm. and now it's and now it cooked in. Yeah, yeah, it cooked in. I agree. That's a good. That's an excellent point. And you know, looking at the way they're blue, they are blue at the first turn, which is where they develop the most heat. So I definitely think this is heat related. Um, I don't think this is normal. What about uh, it? Like right there, yeah. mid, like that's almost cooked. cooked. It yeah. is cooked. It's cooked, dude. I mean, that's cooked. These pipes are cooked. It looks like my Moto Guzzi. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so this is true. So if you look at my Moto Guzzis, um, Moto Guzzis have a tendency. Um, they the pipes they use because remember the goal of Moto Guzzi is they want the Moto Guzzi to be lightweight. So on the V7s and stuff, the pipes are relatively thin, and they turn blue right away. Like the pipes on a Guzzi turn blue now and they always have i mean that's not a secret double wall pipes triple wall pipes all that bullshit that you know keep the shiny chrome shiny and don't you don't you dare reveal the fact that there's any heat inside pipes turn blue at about 560 degrees fahrenheit you know so my theory is yeah that the idle air control valve was open way too far way too far but the throttle the tps sensor was closed bingo and so he was he was putting in the air, it was trying to put in gas, but since the main circuit wasn't open, it was putting in way too less gas, and it was such a lean mixture that the mixture heated up, and that's why his pipes are the way I they are. I totally agree. I think that all the damage to these pipes, that every bit of the damage on this pipe happened because when the guy started the bike, 
Like, and I mean, look, this bike is a three-year-old bike. I mean, it's a three-year-old bike. It was a two-year-old, eight-month-old bike when he bought it. When they fired this bike up, okay, you're right about the gas, but you're wrong. Okay, so like you are probably factually accurate that the gas that's been in this bike probably has been in this bike for over two years. I'm not actually going to doubt you on that. Um, this bike was probably prepped at some point in its life, and it probably sat. Here at our shop, we don't put gas in the bikes until they're paid for, but sometimes we'll prep a bike for a demo ride or we'll prep a bike for, for something, and then the bike will sit for several years. But then the guy, when they started it, yep. to prep the bike, yep. it wouldn't idle. Yep. So the guy cranked the TPS, uh, the bypass thing way up. Way up. And so he got it to idle. Yep. And then the reason that he rode it, it cleared itself. You got That's it. That's why the idle went way up. You got it. And then he backed it off. But because he did, the, because they had it adjusted like that with the T, like I said, the TPS was closed. It ran super lean. Super lean. I totally agree. Those he pipes are lean. He made a mistake in making fuck. any adjustments because I, if I just bought that bike right. brand new yeah. and that I'm happened, it would have been pull over, call the dealer and be mm-hmm. like, you got to pick this up. You need to look at this. I'm not touching a thing. Do your little quick video to yeah. prove that there was a problem. And like, yeah. Well, I would say his cat. He have. I would worry if it, that's got catalysts in it. I'd worry that my catalysts were melted. Oh, I would. I would <laughs> tell you that I think there's the strongest chance that if the pipes are. I mean, look. I am, as far as I'm concerned, blue pipes is not the end of the fucking world. No, right? no, no. But not that, not like right. that. But what I think has <laughs> happened here is what Steve said is these bikes. These bikes ran for this bike ran for yeah. quite a ways with way too much air in the system. And that's why by the time you got the bike home, you're saying it, it's exactly right. And so the damage is done to those pipes. They're not going to uncook. Um, the, the, the headers on my BMW look worse than that, you know, and the bike's running great. But this is extreme. So this is probably 200 degrees hotter than it ever should have been looking at the, the amount of discoloration and the distance. So do you have a case against the dealer? Well, if you can articulate that to the folks at Kawasaki USA and you can get... Kawasaki USA to give you a new set of exhausts. Now, I'm not telling you this as a motorcycle dealership. When they send you the exhaust, do not put them on. <laughs> Don't. Just put them up on the shelf. And wrap these. And wrap them up. Wrap these. Yeah. Wrap these and keep the other ones. So if you, if you, I'm not telling this particular person to do this following thing. <laughs> Because I would never do that. Hypothetically. Right. Exactly. In some other places, not Cleveland Moto, I would let people know that your motorcycle's warranty is a year or two years or whatever your motorcycle's warranty is. But certain parts of your motorcycle's warranty are actually eight years long. Hmm. And those are anything involving an emissions control item. I bet you didn't know that. Mm-mm. So I bet you didn't know that if your motorcycle is seven years old and if your muffler on your motorcycle is all rusty, that you could get a whole brand new muffler for your motorcycle because that is an emissions control device. What about on a zero though? <laughs> a little harder to justify that one. <laughs> all right, I'll try. Um, so look it up. Uh, don't take my word for it. Never, never take any advice that you hear on the internet, especially not on a free podcast from Cleveland where we drink too much. <laughs> but look it up because there is a law regarding a motor vehicle emissions control systems that most people don't know about. And it will replace things like ECUs. It'll replace things like catastrophic converters. It'll replace <laughs> things like, um, you know, uh, exhaust systems and headers. 
because they're all emissions control units and emissions control units in the United States of America have an extended, have a warranty that is implicit in their nature to provide America with clean air for eight years. Okay. And it has nothing to do with your Magnuson Act warranty that you're going to get on a piece of paper when you buy the bike. Emissions control devices are different. So keep that in mind dude in Detroit with this motorcycle. I, what I would do too is I would measure the temperature on the, if it's running now, like right. before, I would. I think that, I think, I know what you're saying is absolutely right, but he can't go back in time and measure the temperature that this bike existed at then. No, what I'm saying yeah. is just to check the condition of his catalyst yeah. because if they're, if the blocks melted, yeah. he's going to have an issue with, yeah. with uh, additional heat building up. Right. In the in the headers, if the if his catalyst block right. is melted, he's going to have additional heat, and it's and it's going to cause obstruction. See if it's so, fixed or not. Yeah, and I don't think he needs to prove that. No, he doesn't need to prove yeah, it. I don't think but he needs if to the dealer's going to hassle him, right. and he's not going to get it. I mean, if he's going to ride it in in the in well, I'm going to tell you as as a guy who's been doing this for more than a day, don't talk to your dealer anymore. The dealer doesn't want to help you. You got to deal directly with Kawasaki USA. So you deal directly with Kawasaki USA and somebody from Kawasaki USA customer service is going to tell your dealer, we're sending you a set of pipes. Yeah. Call, call this guy up and tell him your pipes are here. And then when Greg goes and goes in, Greg will get his pipes and that'll be the end of it. And if, if, if Kawasaki dealer wants his pipes back, he wants the blued pipes back so we can satisfy the recall claim or the warranty claim. So it'll, it won't be a recall. It'll be a warranty. He might need those pipes back to send to Kawasaki so he doesn't. he's not hung on the hook to spend what's probably a $2,300 exhaust system. Or if he doesn't want to deal with it, yeah. I'll tell you what. Just come bring that thing to Cleveland, and I'll give you a perfectly – the pipes, there's chrome. It's yeah. a 1980. Yeah. It looks almost oh, like Oh, it looks that. almost the same, yeah. It's a right. silver bike. It's yeah. the same. We just trade. Right, and it doesn't have catalytic converters in it no, either. No, it's perfect. Yeah. I, I think that's a win. Mm -hmm. Good. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, yeah, that's pretty good. And honestly, that is a really, really big deal. And so when you're dealing with fuel-injected bike – Two safety tips. Uh, when you start a fuel-injected bike, don't give it any fucking throttle. Yeah, no you start it with the fucking button. If it won't start on the button, back away from the motorcycle. Or unless you have a Super Tenere that gets stuck on the thing, then you have to do that to reset it. Wide open and stop yeah, it. Right, yeah. right. But for most motorcycles that have a fuel injector, if you have that throttle at a quarter turn or a half turn or whatever, your throttle position sensor goes... Uh -huh. Oh, that's where closed is now. Mm -hmm. I just thought of something. Yeah. That dealership knew there were fucking problems with it. Yeah. That's why they gave the big lecture about the warm-up cycle and all that thing, because it did the same thing to them. I know. And that's why they were telling me, well, you got to let it run so long. There is not. And yeah. it'll have to do this and it'll yeah. have to do that. A fuel-injected Kawasaki W800 doesn't have a warm-up cycle. 90% of the people who ride... And even if it does have a little bit of an originating, yeah. it's only going to go up by a couple yeah, hundred RPM. Exactly. It's not going to be 4,000 RPM. Well, it's going to be the difference between open loop and closed loop. So, I mean, that's what it is. The bike starts in open loop where it's got a baseline program where it says the bike will run under these circumstances. It won't be, it won't be environmentally friendly necessarily. It won't be efficient, but it will fucking run. And it will fucking run at 21 degrees Fahrenheit, no problem. And you go out and you start the bike and the bike starts. And you wait for five minutes and you'll hear the idle go different. It'll go da 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 And you're like, oh, great, it's warmed up now. And you get on the bike and off you fuck. That's the way fuel-injected motorcycles work. If somebody tells you there's, there's an, you know, a startup cycle or whatever, 
Uh, no way, dude. Uh, sorry. Like, sure. I mean, you were supposed to wait until the client came down from 4,000 RPM. <laughs> well, you didn't hear the bell go off? Like, you know, whatever. It's like, no, that, that's not how they work. Then yeah. you could pull away with it just when you start it. Every fucking motorcycle I have ever owned, I pull away from the garage based on how late I am to work, right? Yeah. <laughs> the amount of time the bike gets in the warm-up cycle is literally how long it takes me to turn around and roll down the garage door, right? Whether or not I have my gloves and helmet on already. That's the amount of time the bike gets to warm up. I tell my customers, customers, you know, you should turn the bike on and then put your gloves and helmet on and stuff. You know, give the bike a fighting chance on these cold mornings. <laughs> but honestly, I'm not that way at all. It's like as soon as the left piston makes it to TDC, I'm like, clutch out, go, baby. You know, and that works. My so. chokes, my chokes down to, my, I turn my choke off or enrichner off. Yeah. As soon as I hit the first straightaway, right. I get to the yeah. end of the street, turn left, yeah. go down, right. hit the... Because you know what? Choke doesn't off. work on wide open throttle anyway, so what the right. fuck, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man up, man. Grab your nuts. So that's the way that works. Uh, who wanted to hear a listener uh, a listener uh, bitch? Yes. Yeah, yeah, oh, John, bitch, John okay. loves I did, it. now I don't. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> like somebody's moody today. Jeez. You're, You're supposed to remind dirt. me to get to our topics. Hold on, you... We're trying to shovel okay. dirt all day. He tried, he tried. All right, so criticism time. You guys are a loud, rude, drunk half the time. Have the sense of humor of a time. bunch. How dare you? Have the sense of humor of a bunch of dirty talking third graders mixed with a few fall mouthed, vulgar, disgusting, unmoral older brothers telling lies. Balls. Not to mention the grumpy sewer guy and his turd hurting sidekick, the Honda Whisperer. Oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, hold on, son. Oh, no. <laughs> Adding a side of old creepy and just creepy. You just made John's day. I Wait, think I think I'm just. Wait, creepy. am I old creepy or is he old creepy? <laughs> I like. I like the. I just love the. Not to mention the grumpy sewer guy and his turd hurting sidekick and the Honda Whisperer. I'm sorry, his turd hurting sidekick, the Honda Whisperer. Adding a side of old creepy and just creepy. A little less turd talk. A little more fucking motorcycle talk, shit dicks. <laughs> shit dicks. I thought we were foregoing the turd talk. <laughs> He's obviously one of us. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah, it yeah. Is. yeah. Now go fuck your hat. <laughs> P.S. Most of the above is accurate. Well, that's why I listen, and here's my ten dollars. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was gonna say this sounds like a fake complaint. Uh, no, it's not fake. I think I think it was a very well written yes. and well plotted out. It. Here's my ten dollars. <laughs> so that was a direct. Uh, that was uh, Ben giving us a ten dollar, literally a ten. Not and by the way, he is not a Patreon member. Everybody. He, he here's just, to you, shit dick. Here's to you, shit dick. <laughs> he literally just said, I'm going to send $10. Just to shit on them. But I'm going to shit on them first. Yeah, yeah. Which I think, honestly, it's a true say, statement. I mean, you I, didn't say anything I think wrong. it's a brilliant fucking plot. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, think, I, I think we have to raise the fee, though. If you want to go that hard, that's at least 50 bucks. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Tano, I'm going to put you to work tomorrow. All right. So uh, my, you want you want another complaint? Here we go. Okay right. there, little fellow. <laughs> so Sean, Sean says, uh, uh, by the way, I have to call attention to another Patreon supporter. Dear Unky Phil and friends, fuck you. Mm. Okay. All right. So, so between my father and I, we've been doing everything we can to instill a sense of motorcycle adventure into my nephew. He just celebrated his eighth birthday. 
Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Eight years old. Might want to give the kid a little slack, huh? I want to give him an SSR-125. All right. Well, <laughs> oh, fuck. No, no, he's eight. I don't care. Give him an SSR-125. <laughs> like, you said, yeah, if, yeah. like I said, if you've, uh, w- we learned with Mike the other day when Mike, yeah. our, our buddy Mike uh, Bohannon came in, we were like, look, if you've got 10 or, I mean, 10 kids or 12 kids? 12. If you've got 12 kids and you don't want to pay for college, mini bikes are cheap. Yep. Because half those kids won't make it to college age. <laughs> Look, a $1,200 mini bike is going to save you $90,000 in college, right? So here we go. He's eight years old. I started him off on a JR50 a year and a half ago. The problem is this particular eight-year-old has the body of a 10-year-old. So the JR left him feeling a little bit crunched. So for his birthday, my dad left it to me to find him the next step up. The modern manufacturers go straight from two-stroke 50 cc's to four-stroke. I fuck, fuck it. Oh, okay. Way to go there, participle pal. All right. Yeah. All right. Can we drink? You know what? If you, think, if you think I'm speaking in cursive, you should drink more. He put a little flourish on the word. Okay, anyway. So, uh, yeah, man, before I was so I mean, they're, they're not interrupted. fucking around. I thought they were going to start with, uh, like, an electric, those teeny tiny little Vespa right. power wheels. Yeah. He's eight years old. All right. But so here we go. He's a ten-year-old. <laughs> there are five-year-olds that are sending it. I mean. Well, yeah. Okay. But All right. So here you go. The modern manufacturers go straight from two-stroke 50 cc's to four-stroke 110s. Okay. Using Unky Phil's method of modern thought tactics in relation to fuel vaporization techniques as it applies to ease of maintenance, my choice was clear. I had to have the only fuel-injected bike in its class, the CRF-110. Mm-hmm. Well, aren't we spendy? Mm-hmm. My heart was set. No longer would I need to worry about car issues yeah. and whether or not I could trust my brother-in-law to be able to perform light maintenance on the bike without resorting to calling me. Now, that's fucking smart, because if it's your brother-in-law... Buying a smart, like buying a fuel injected bike that is literally like you don't have to fuck with it. That's pretty smart. Until yeah. they're like, oh, I got to clean the carburetor. And they take the fuel injector off. Yeah. yeah okay. I got that. <laughs> right on. I get you. All right. It was perfect. Right up until I attempted to locate one. I contacted seven dealers, each of them backordered. Alas, the young man's birthday hits as everyone received their stimulus checks. Was it fair? No. We had already been planning to purchase the bike months ago. What was an uncle and a grandfather to do? And then you sons of bitches got SSRs. (laughs) Oh, fuck. So I says to myself, self, if Unky Phil and the gang give ringing endorsements to the SSRs, Let's go take a look. If you recall, I asked about the difference between pit bikes and dirt bikes a few weeks ago. When I saw the SSR lineup at my local dealer, sorry, Phil, dad's newly replaced hip prevented me from driving him to Cleveland all the way from Columbus. Pussy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I That's showed up the same week. I, I was here the same week to do a podcast. Yeah. And we rode the next week. It's two fucking hours from Columbus to Cleveland. I have driven further for bad pizza. All right. So anyway. Okay. I was impressed with the selection. I was still apprehensive about the small tires on the SSR 110. But then a light shone from the heavens. Angelic melodies rang forth. It was meant to be. The SR 110 TR. 14-inch front wheel, 12-inch rear, U.S. upside-down forks, 1.7-gallon fuel tank, Leaf-on motor, Mikuni 16-millimeter carb, and when they started this thing up for the birthday boy, he could have been mistaken for John Holmes' stunt double. The muffler, <laughs> the muffler on this bike was much more, shall we say, vocal than on the other 110s in the line. Now, as I said, this as an 8-year-old boy, the concept of clutch isn't understandable enough to him. 
We got it in the semi-automatic version. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> Even in the slightly handicapped variant, I was elated with how easily it hauled my six foot two, 275 pound shaved ape self around the yard at a very good clip. Yeah. As for the boy, I got everything all warmed up for him. I told him that if he wanted to ride it, he needed to learn how to kickstart it. This was a laugh enough as I saw him struggle. So <laughs> Oscar relates. Yes, yes, I, yes, I did. So being the good uncle that I am, I told him he'd get there as soon as uh, I told him he'd get there as soon as I kicked the monster to life for him. We went over the controls again, a gentle reminder of what does what and where to find it. Remember that I said his last bike was a JR 50. No matter how much you instruct an eight-year-old on the importance of throttle control, they never do quite understand until they put the nose to the grindstone, do they? As the boy was orienting himself, I looked over at my sister and told her jokingly, he's going to go through the fence. Well, not quite. As the boy grabbed a handful of whiskey throttle, he proceeded to propel the bike forward, but in most comical example of Newton's first law of motion, he performed a backward somersault over the rear fender as the bike rolled forward without him. <laughs> Luckily, no fence required mending, no hospital visits were necessary, and the bike asked for no replacement parts after picking it up from its fitful nap in the yard. Yay! Nice so, this is a long story meant to express my thanks at your applause for a Chinese bike that should do well in the hands of a growing boy developing the skills necessary to make it all the way to Erzberg. Yeah, no shit, man. Thank you, gentlemen, for the laughs in the company. Can't wait to get together. Maybe the boy will let his Uncle Sean borrow his dirt bike just to see how it holds up against those SR-125s. Until next time, take a swallow of your favorite spirit for me, gents, your fellow inebriate, Sean O'Hara. So no shit, man. So they do make, and this is true, they do make an expensive version of the SSR-110, and it does have the wheels that we have on our bikes and uh, the the chonkier pipe that we have on our bikes. So the the moral of that story is that Chris Smith is like an eight-year-old boy. <laughs> got a dick like John Holmes? <laughs> I'm going to tell you what. If, look, if you want to say, if you want to say something, our podcast is edgy because we talked about an eight-year-old's penis. <laughs> oh my god! Oh no! I didn't. A listener did apparently. So anyway, right? Yeah. You'll never get a T-minus. job at the Rocky River Board of Education. No, I won't. <laughs> or you might. I <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Not great at math, but boy, quite a body on him. Johnny Mac. He's talking about Johnny Mac. That's, <laughs> a, that's, a, that's a local reference for people who, who aren't from here. Yay. So that's about it. I think that's all I got. I think I went through all of our, our listener mail. I think I went through, uh, yeah, all the good stuff. I knocked out the topics you brought up earlier. I'm going to say that uh, we did cover all that. Pretty so happy that we'll about just all cover next week, I guess. Well, you know, if we have to, we can just push it down the road a little bit. Do we have a joke? Uh-oh. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're going to do a bourbon class. Yes, that's right. Dan brought bourbon. Yay! So, yeah, I brought a couple of bottles from Tom's Foolery. I brought their bourbon and their Applejack. Ooh, and, Applejack. Um, this is a really cool, this, you know, there's some history with this. They were issued the second distilling license in Ohio since Prohibition. <gasps> Get out of here. In 2008. Get out of and here. And then in 2012, they acquired the original pot stills from the Michter Distillery in Kentucky. Okay. Yeah. And one of the Noe's came up here and taught them how to use it. <laughs> so this That's copper great. pot still that they're distilling yeah. with yeah. was the first copper pot still produced for a Kentucky distillery after Prohibition. Get the fuck oh, out wow. of here. And these guys are in Chagrin Falls. And so, yeah. to Chagrin Falls, and to make it better. Yeah. They use locally, not just locally grown ingredients, mm-hmm. but ingredients that they grow themselves in everything they make. 
Get the fuck out of so here. So these, these guys make Applejack, bourbon, rye whiskey, and gin. Mm-hmm. And it, it's very small batch, kind of hard to find. Yeah, I mean, these are, they're, they're just, you know, a normal double distilled, you know. Yeah. Triple distilled, I think. Are they really? Yeah. The Applejack is delicious. The Applejack, to me, the Applejack is the one to look for. I'm I have not tried the gin. Literally just a, a tiny yeah, that's bit. That's the one I want to try. I want to try the Applejack. So they triple right. twisted, huh? That's what they do. Okay, well, there we go. Yeah, I mean, double this is like, triple. yeah, so there you double go. Double distilled, triple distilled, I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. And you know, honestly, that's. Well, it's supposed to make it smoother and it's supposed to make the. the oh, it does the, smell good. The Jesus higher proof Christ. being able to be palatable, correct? That's when right. you double distill and triple. But, but the Applejack, it's 100% apples fermented and distilled, aged in charred oak. I mean, not for nothing. That, the bourbon is good. The bourbon is legit good. There, Wait it's, you try it's the apple good. Jack. That's what I want to try that. Yeah. yeah. Hold on. I have to make this bourbon go away first. Oh, geez. Check, that's check, a, check, 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 check. So yeah. while we're waiting. It's the best okay. sleeve of its I've ever had. It is the so, best sleeve of its you ever had. Ice? Oh, yeah. If You know what? Oh, yeah, you but I don't ice? know for the Applejack, really? Let's go ahead and well, get no, That's just, yeah. Just, just going to get in there with my like, dirty yeah. fingers. and right. Yeah. Mm. All right. <laughs> So while protocol. we're waiting, yeah, yep. while we're waiting, yep. okay. There we yeah, go. my son, my son, he asked me what dark humor was. I told him, dark web. See that man <laughs> over there with no hands? Ask him to clap. My son replied, "Dad, you know I'm blind." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, I said, dark humor. Oh man. Te- technically, any humor the kid has known. Is dark humor. <laughs> <laughs> I got one for you, Smith. So, so there's there's a, there's a prison and there's an Irish guy, and let's just do a German guy this time and a Polish guy. Okay. And so the warden comes in. He's like, "We got a really busy day here, guys. So I know you're all set to die today. So what I'm gonna have you do is come up, say your last words, and you're gonna take it like a man. We all good with this? They're all like, "Yep, no problem." <laughs> so <clears throat> the Irish guy goes up there and. They're like, all right, O'Malley, what do you got to say? And he's like, I'm innocent, man, I'm innocent. And they pull the switch, and nothing happens. The chair doesn't go off. And then the warden's like, oh, my God, this has never happened. This is amazing. You're free to go. Wow. German guy comes up, and he's like, all right, Schlechter, what do you have to say? Schlechter. He's like, I'm innocent. I'm German. I didn't do anything. All right, sit down. They pull the switch. Nothing happens. He's like, this is unbelievable. We've two, two times in a row. You know what? You're free to go, too. So he's like, all right, Schlotsky, come here. He comes up. He's like, what do you have to say? He's like, hey, I think the chair is unplugged. (laughs) (laughs) Polish. I'm Polish. I'm allowed (laughs) to. Oh, man. On that, that's, I mean, anyone? Yeah. 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 Oh, you got another one. Chris is loaded. Uh, A magician stops a woman on the street. Pick a card, any card, he says. She grabs one at random. Now look at it. Turn away and memorize it. And don't show it to me. She turns around. She memorizes it. Turns back to see the man is gone. She lives her life as any other. She gets a job, fell in love, got married, got pregnant <clears throat> with her first child. <laughs> Fast forward nine months. Push, push, the midwife and doctors urge. You're almost there. The baby, she's crowning. What's that in her hand? It, it looks like... Is this your car, the familiar voice said? <laughs> <laughs> so this one is from Mrs. Smith. <laughs> how, how can you tell if your husband's dead? The sex is the same, but you get to use the remote. <laughs> 
One last one from Mrs. Smith. Okay, here we go. I bet you can't tell me something will make me both happy and sad at the same time, a husband says to the wife. The wife thinks about it for a minute and then responds, your penis is bigger than your brother's. (laughs) 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 And with that, remember to ride fast and take chances. (laughs) (laughs) And remember to watch Mojo Stories Lucky Phil. Thanks to Steve Slinch and Alfredo. My God, it's fucking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Press the red button.